Drama City Productions presets. Access granted. Welcome, nerd. Episode 42. Horror Comics Video Games Wrestling. Load complete. You're gonna die up there. Hey, this is Christian. Hey, this is David. And this is the Amazing Nerd Show. Christian. Yes, Tim. Possible. Possible. Underline possible. Spoilers for Avengers 4. How do you do it, man? (laughs) (laughs) It's called called the internet. (laughs) (laughs) Bum, bum, bum. So, on Reddit, someone possibly, possibly leaked... A trailer synopsis for Avengers 4. Also, we got a possible name. Yes. So, go ahead and skip ahead if you don't (laughs) want to hear any of this. There are timestamps below. Yes. And that's the reason. So, spoilers on high alert. Um, Should we go into the actual title first? Yeah, sort of the title. Yeah, title. So... And this title's been rumored for a long time. It looks like the movie's going to be called Avengers Annihilation. Now, do you think it will have anything to do with the actual storyline? The actual storyline did have Thanos involved in it, but no. It'll be very Mm -hmm. loosely based. Even more so than, like, Infinity Wars was loosely based off the comics. So, um, yeah, it will be very loosely based. It's more of a cosmic story. Um, involving Thanos with kind of all the space characters in the Marvel Universe. I don't foresee that. I would rather them do a cosmic storyline than go into the past. Well, (laughs) (laughs) and speaking of spoilers, and this is something also has been rumored and Mm -hmm. we've kind of seen set photos and everything, it looks like time travel is definitely going to be involved. Should we actually do the rundown of the trailer? Um, Do you want to go that far? Now, it's going to suck if this is all bullshit. (laughs) (laughs) The only reason why people are kind of taking it seriously is because of how quickly it was pulled. I wouldn't be surprised if they're recutting it right now. Well, oh, and yeah, Yeah. just to throw everyone off. So there was, um, I guess, um, one of, I don't know if it was a producer or an editor, did like post something that it's, it, it was cryptic, but it seems to hint at that he's like, done with editing the um imax trailer for Mm -hmm. avengers 4 so it feels like it's gonna drop sooner than later they're saying probably sometime in november which i was kind of surprised by i was thinking more like january like super bowl time yeah but i guess why not at this point so it's not like they they could honestly not drop a trailer at all (laughs) people are gonna fucking show up they're gonna go right People are going to hand over their money to Marvel regardless. Um, it was paid for at the end of that last film. Yes, so. absolutely. So, but yeah, so we're, I mean, 
So it looks like we're going to get time travel. There's lots of time travel involved in the trailer synopsis. Um, it sounds like we are going to be following, you know, the Avengers that are left. It's where, you know, Captain America is reuniting with uh, Iron Man finally after being split apart uh, from the events of also Civil War and um, Infinity War. Yes, that was a big moment in the mm-hmm. trailer. Um, we do see Thanos um, working on like what seems to be like a farm planet, mm-hmm. and that's when he notices that he's missing one of his stones. Um, they do a flashback scene, or possibly a time travel scene, to the original Avengers movie. Um, so there's a lot there. Um, I guess we're going to see uh, Clint in the Ronin suit, which is all but confirmed at this point mm. <laughs> happening. So, um, I don't know, man. How do you feel about time travel? I, in I mean, this movie? time travel in anything, I hate it usually because it there's way too many, like, you start picking apart the film immediately when something starts to happen. Uh, just in this trailer description, we, I started picking things apart because, you know, they go into the past and then he's missing a stone, so that means everyone's alive. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's but what, he also notices that he's missing a stone, so it's just like... Well, and we don't know if that's why he's missing yes. the stone. We don't know if it's something else that happens, you know? Well, as the trailer is described, yes. it's, it's supposed to be correlated. Yes, yes. Because um, that does feel like, well, then nothing should have happened. Mm. If we're going back to the future, time travel rules yes. at least. <laughs> Which I, you know, I'm a kid of the 80s, so I always go, mm-hmm. you know, back to the future and it time makes travel the most sense. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, the faded picture and everything, I guess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, not that there isn't holes in that, you know, theory either. Time travel's just a fucking headache, yeah. you know? And it just opens up to so many, like, debates and everything. I know that, you know, movies nowadays, movie studios love having fans talk and, you know, have internet debates going on and people really just but not like deep this. diving in. This yeah. is like tearing apart a film, like deciding... What matters and what doesn't, based off of your actions, it's just. I guess if they go that deep, like I said, to be fair, we haven't seen the film yet. No, I hate time travel. Don't get me wrong. There's been lots of good stories that involve time travel and a lot of awesome characters in the Marvel universe mm-hmm. that involve time travel, but a lot of times it just is a fucking mess, you know. Um, so, I just I'm. It makes me very hesitant about this movie, which I would have never said, you know, three months ago Mm. after seeing Infinity Wars. But it just, that movie was fantastic, and I would hate to see the sequel to it just kind of ruin it. Because I feel like there's a lot at stake. Mm. You know, how we view Infinity War is going to be, you know, I don't know, a lot is going to really have to do with how we view Avengers for, you know. So, you know, if it shits the bed, then it just kind of ruins a great movie. Don't DC battle me, man. Yeah, right? Um, (laughs) So, I don't know. I don't know. Because to me, Infinity War is like the Empire Strikes Back of, you know, the MCU. So, it's like if Return of the Jedi didn't do what it did, you know, even Mm. though, you know, Ewoks be damned, you know, regardless. Yes, it's still a fantastic movie. So, man, I hate fucking time travel. I really do. (laughs) Like, even the set photos, and there's been set photos out Mm. for a long time with Tony Stark, and I guess it's him with gray hair, even though, you know, 
it looks more like highlights to me. It just, uh, like, eh, gross. It, I just, I don't know. It makes me cringe. Mm-hmm. It really does. <laughs> so there was supposed to also be shots of, like, the quantum realm. So, um, during the trailer. So that kind of feels like, I don't know, a saving grace. If that, that feels like kind of like their way possibly of, you know, a, a door of a way to get to Thanos, you know, if they do go that route. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe it's not just all time travel. I don't know. You know, I, I, I do. There's also a scene where they um, talked about the Hulk training for his, uh, you know, rematch with Thanos, which I thought was pretty cool. So there's a lot, I mean, there's a lot of things, you know, in the description at least that sounded mm-hmm. awesome. But yeah, once I hear time travel, I'm just kind of turned off right away. Immediately. I mean, I'm still going the first day. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's no Don't question. get me wrong, but I'm not as excited as I could possibly be. Like, I'm mm-hmm. more worried now than anything. You know, and maybe this trailer comes out and it's complete opposite. <laughs> It's a very grounded movie. There's no time travel involved. Well, maybe they're the first studio to get like time travel like perfect. You know, you never know. And I wouldn't doubt it. I mean, they've done everything else fantastically. Mm-hmm. So you know, I mean, besides you know those first two Thor movies and you know maybe Doctor Strange. That's just me. But I like Doctor Strange. I thought okay. it was fine. Lots of time travel in Doctor Strange. They go back and forth. I mean, I guess it's, it's more. It's not. Like, that time travel, but still, he doesn't have a time, fucking time, it's time stone. dilation. It's just like oh, maybe they're changing. grabbing the time stone. Maybe that's the stone they go after. <coughs> maybe they use the quantum realm to get the time stone and then reverse shit. Hmm. They do not. Hey, explain at least what they're not doing missing. fucking Superman <coughs> and just traveling around <laughs> the earth really fast backwards to reset everything. <laughs> I feel like Marvel's smart enough that even if they did do that, That'd they would awesome just kill everyone. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so those are possible spoilers. You know, I'm almost hoping that they're wrong. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure it's going to be fucking awesome, exciting regardless. You know, I'm sure I'll pop for the trailer the mm. entire time. So, yeah. I think I think what's really going to sell it is going to be the second trailer because that's probably the one we're going to get after Captain Marvel comes out, and we'll get to see where yeah, this will probably these players are in place. Definitely be more of a teaser, mm-hmm. you know. But Marvel, I mean, God, if you think about all the trailers that we got for Avengers: Infinity War, we only got like really three or four scenes that they kept on showing us over and over again just edited in different ways because they don't want to spoil anything mm. which just is amazing nowadays that they can get away with um, you know I don't know how they keep the <laughs> shit under wraps they have to literally be like killing people so, <laughs> I mean obviously you know I mean they're not working with Sony that much with you know Spider-Man because mm-hmm. that shit is just all over Everyone, the place yeah. that's something we got we got uh, Spider-Man's new costume his new uh, outfit. Oh yeah, the black and red one. Uh huh. For I feel like. Do you think it's like going to be heavily CGI'd over, and there might be something more to that black than there is. What could you see happening there? I don't. I don't know if there's going to be more tech on the suits. Well, like last week we saw, like he de- definitely seems like he has some kind of stealth suit. Mm-hmm. So I feel like what we saw in the you know set photos it, it felt like yeah there probably is more CGI because it was basically just a black suit yeah um, but this suit felt pretty legit mm. like you know and the fact that he's like um, saving MJ in that one photo and everything 
I don't know. I liked the look of the suit. I I it, I, it was I wasn't very, as much of a fan. It was very superior uh, Spider-Man to mm. me, though. You know, just the color scheme and everything, and the look of it. So that was curious that he would be, you know, using more of a black tone instead of the blue. So I didn't think it was bad. Yeah. I, don't know. I think I need more blue and red before I get into. Get yeah, it's going that. It was a it was a curious choice though. Mm. It was a curious choice that they would go that route. But maybe he's in mourning. Hmm. Uh, I guess. Uh. <laughs> well, rumors he might have lost his mentor. And Captain America. And fucking Captain America, right? So I mean, this might be a different Spider Man. This might be a more like you know angsty Peter Parker, if you will. Nah. They'll save Anxi Peter Parker for when they reboot Venom. <laughs> that movie's doing well, though, man. I know, and that's terrifying. It seems like we're the only like non-critics who didn't like the movie. <laughs> the audience score is ridiculous for Venom right now. That's, that's so terrifying, because then they're going to ruin Carnage. <laughs> oh, absolutely. If they, I mean, if they go with Woody Harrelson with that fucking wig on his head, mm. they're going to ruin Carnage. It's going to be horrible. Uh, speaking of ruining things, okay. Uh, Iron Fist has been canceled. <laughs> <laughs> Good segue. Good segue. Uh, now, are you saying Netflix ruined things, or are you saying Iron Fist tried to ruin the Marvel uh, universe, cinematic universe, at least on Netflix? I think I'm more just saying Marvel doesn't usually fuck up often, but here's a show that they fucked up. Oops. With. Yeah. You know what? Did you did you finish? I I still have two episodes left. Like. I haven't even started, and now I don't want to. I know. Now that when they said it's canceled, I'm like, well, is there any point for me to even finish this? I feel like probably there is. I feel like it's still going to tie in mm. to the other Netflix series. I'm guessing that we'll still see Danny. Like, oh, yeah. Do... He's going to show up in Luke Cage. Yes. He'll show up in other places. Yes, and maybe they're canceling because they want to mm. do a Heroes for Hire you know, show eventually. That's fine. Yeah, no, I'm fine with that, too. From what we saw, they definitely have chemistry. I think they can pull it off. Mm-hmm. I just think they need to get the right people behind it. So, and from what I'm hearing, the current, you know... I mean, they, they put out and, statements that, yeah, you're still going to see Danny, don't worry, but... Oh, have they actually, yeah. like, stated that clearly? Mm-hmm. Okay. All right, so, I'm, I, I don't know. I'm not surprised. I, I'm more... I was more surprised that there was going to be a second season... And it was like so fast-tracked. I yes. mean, we got it before, you know, Daredevil Season 3. So it just seems... It just seemed like they wanted to get it out of the way. This know. whole season kind of feels like Dude, we're just kind of, like, going through the paces. We're getting... Going through the motions. But at the same time, this feels like a much better Season 1. Well, that's not saying much. I know. Because <laughs> <laughs> Season 1 was it didn't. Shit. Trust me, it didn't improve enough to me... To make me go, oh man, this sucks that it's getting canceled. This okay. is just approved a little bit. Are you holding out hope though for those last two episodes that maybe it puts it over the top for you? Maybe his conflict with Davos will become something really badass in the end. Mm-hmm. Like, um, I'm not oh, trying. I haven't to, seen it. No spoilers. I know I'm not trying to spoil <laughs> anything for you. But you know Davos is the yes. main villain of the yes. story. So. He's the Iron Servant. Yeah, they've had this very interesting, like, um, you know. Very interesting, like, family dynamic between Danny and Davos throughout this entire season. It's mostly brothers. about those two, but, um, but it's... Do we... We're getting less Meachums, at least? <sighs> yes. Yes and no. I mean... The dad's not around still, No, right? no, God, no. He's gone. Okay. Yeah, he's gone. 
I think he was the worst. So. <laughs> Just so cheesy. Yes. God. The well, Meachums are more understandable and better. They're more, like, they're not just these weird characters. They're more relatable. They're more relatable. More of a point, yes. maybe. Okay. Um, Sister Meacham, though, is just, like, her motivations are all based off the first season. So it's just like, mm-hmm. well, the first season was garbage, so all your reasoning is garbage. Yeah, so. I don't care about your reasons, because I don't <laughs> care about the first season. Why are you uh, still here? Yeah, all right. Well, and then, this is going to be a busy fucking weekend, right? We've got Daredevil Season 3 coming out, and we mm-hmm. also have Halloween. Exactly. It's going to be one hell of a weekend. Um any thoughts on Daredevil season three? I mean, the critics are already saying great things about it. Um, that God, all the fucking trailers that are coming out look yes. fantastic. So they're doing all these kind of like mini character trailers. Mm. We saw one from Bull, for Bullseye. This week's was more like well rounded. Kind of showed more, you know, everything about the show. Um, th- there was, you know, a lot of cool kingpin like moments going on I'm glad I didn't watch it because I was like okay after watching the um, Bullseye one I was like I'm worried that I'm going to be seeing too much too much yeah yeah. I usually try to do that kind of rule where it's like two trailers and I'm, I'm out that's a good rule yeah I'm a sucker though <laughs> <laughs> I'll literally watch everything mm-hmm. and then regret it later <laughs> you know especially when they show you everything I feel like Netflix is pretty good about not you know, giving you everything. Mm-hmm. I'm surprised with actually how much we're getting for Daredevil because it felt like Luke Cage, we barely got anything, right? Same with Iron Fist. Mm-hmm. Um, Daredevil, they're definitely investing a lot in. Luke Cage showed Jack of that show. Yes, yes. They showed him walking out of that truck and just talking to a camera. That was yeah, that was pretty much it. Saw, <laughs> I think we saw some like him on fire that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right? That was when he was walking out of yeah. the truck. Yeah, that was pretty. They, they really... You had no clue where that show was going. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was awesome, though. I really That's one aspect I enjoyed about it was I did not see the ending coming at all. No. <laughs> <laughs> so, and I'm really excited for the third season of that. So, yes, um, I'm assuming it's just like, as, as far as the trends have gone so far, I mean, I haven't seen the end of Iron Fist, of course, but I'm assuming Daredevil will end maybe in a dark place, similar to where Jessica ends in a very dark place, Mm -hmm. and Luke Cage has ended in a very dark place. So, like, all our heroes are kind of, like, on the ropes Mm -hmm. right now, and then, you know, they've got to kind of rebuild itself. And it sounds, I mean, it's more than confirmed that they're doing the Born Again-like storyline with Daredevil, so that makes sense. Mm -hmm. That definitely tracks. Um, Yeah, so I'm just, I'm fucking beyond stoked for that. (laughs) that show to be back mm-hmm. so and we'll be getting a Punisher show um, shortly you know it sounds like the beginning of the year so, oh yeah so season 2 of that I think is actually <laughs> on the camera so it's gonna and be and that was a hell of a first season yes 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 for um, a character that could easily go very wrong oh absolutely <laughs> absolutely um but yeah, yeah, and then we, we're we getting like really big projections for Halloween right now, mm-hmm. so it seems like it's going to be a big weekend uh, for nerds, um, especially horror nerds. Yes. Although, um, I'm hearing that these projections are actually too low. They're saying right now it's supposed <laughs> to be like 65, 70. I, I think it's going to really overperform. I do too. I do too. I sometimes feel like, the, you know... The studio set those low mm. just because they know, you know, <laughs> it's a better headline for half them. Like, they overperformed, you know. Exactly. So, I, I definitely feel like everyone is, like, you know, ready to see this movie. So, and it's got, once again, just like Daredevil, it's getting great, like, critical reaction right mm. now. So, I'm sure the audience will hate it just because of that. So. <laughs> 
That seems to be the trend. <laughs> so, I mean, look at what happened with Venom. The critics fucking hated that movie, mm. and now everyone's saying how much they love it, which is just bizarre. You know? I feel like I feel like for the first few weeks for like Batman vs Superman though we got that same reaction. Really? I felt that way. I didn't. Okay. I mean, most of the critics I pay attention to were definitely like killing that movie as much as possible. Oh, and then whereas fans. fans were like pushing as hard as they can, like this is a good movie. Yeah, yeah. Well, they were wrong. So. <laughs> But anyway, all right. What else do we got, Christian? Uh, before we get too far from Marvel, we have Spider-Man's DLC coming out next week. Uh, it's kind of like continuing the story mode for those who don't know what DLC is. I Thank know. you. <laughs> <laughs> Getting like some extra content. Um, you'll be able to get a new game plus, which means you start the game over fresh, but everything will be a bit harder. Um, and they made a difficulty mode that's harder now too. So it's just special that you, that's supposed to be a big deal that you get like a harder level. Yeah. Like, um, it's just like, you want to play the game again, but, but more challenging. Here you go. That's not just a built in mode nowadays. Like it felt like games back in the past. It used to be. And then easy, medium, hard. I guess they just didn't put it in to have a new game plus in this. Okay. Is there an easy mode on the game? I think you pick your difficulty at the beginning of the Okay, because I was going to say, there's always felt like there was difficulty. There was definitely difficulty, like choices. Okay. But, but now they have more. hard and ultimate. So that's... <laughs> nice. Of course. Um, the is story... there anything, and I don't know if I asked this Go before, ahead. is there anything where you, like, do you get to play as other characters? Like, throughout the whole game? Like Not throughout do... the whole game. Like, okay. It's not switching like GTA did last. Um, GTA Five. you played as three different characters. Okay. Because I know they've done that in the past, mm. too, where you could be like... It was just like special character. missions. That was okay. it. Alright. I'm assuming be... the next game might mess with Miles becoming Spider-Man, since... Um, sorry for spoilers. Uh, <laughs> I think you spoiled end... like, the last three episodes. Yeah, I know. <laughs> at the end of the game, uh, he shows Peter that he has the powers, and then Peter's like, yeah, I have the powers, too. So, so. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I get it. Hmm. Um, Alright, alright. Anything else? Uh, and, you know, just... Just as a little message, in case you haven't been paying attention to gaming news, uh, PS4 owners, set your messages to friends only or off completely. There's just assholes that created, I guess, a bug to literally brick your system, meaning um, you'll have to factory reset it to get it to work again um, if you just get a random message with smiley faces in it. What a dick. Um, Sony has come out with an announcement saying that you know, it is a fixable issue. You just go through your phone and you delete the message rather than um, doing it on the console. If you open it on the console, you're, you're done. Uh, they do say that there is a way to fix it through there, but a lot of people have come out and said that their fix doesn't work. Oh, no. So it'd just be easier just for now. Has Friends this happened only. in the past? No. This is new. You know, and it kind of sucks to, you know, buy a $400 console and have it break from just a simple message. Sent now, you over. said that they can do a factory reset, hmm. but that doesn't seem to be working. Well, yeah, you can do a factory reset, but then you have to re-download all your games. You have to re-download all the things. I was going to ask that. Console. Do you, you lose everything yes. that you've saved in mm-hmm. the past, but you can re-download because if you like downloaded yeah. a game, uh, that's like all saved. Yeah, that's so. all saved. Okay. Uh, but like all your playing history is probably gone at that point? Yes, yeah. unless you've saved your like saves to the cloud. Okay. Okay, okay. What a bunch of jerks. Like, yes. why the fuck would you do that shit? <laughs> oh, man. Game, gamers like to grief. It's just annoying. Man, that's crazy. 
What was it with Xbox? Didn't they have like the Red Ring of Death or something like that? That was just that, like the console breaking all the that time. That was just a manufacturer yes. thing. Right? I was proudly the only one of my, all of my friends to have his Xbox 360 last the entire lifespan. I think my friend actually went through two consoles because yeah. of that. I could be wrong, but I feel like... <laughs> People were just breaking their Xboxes left and right. That's insane. And it was just from um, poor manufacturing, pretty much. Was it like the first run of the Xboxes that mm-hmm. had the issue? It was like overheats, uh, disc um, tray would like jam the disc weirdly, or it would like break inside the consoles from spinning too fast. Wow. Shit like that was happening. Wow. Do you feel like usually when you buy a new console, is it better to wait a little bit, like to get past those glitches? You know, it never, it never hurts to um, definitely maybe wait four or five months. Mm-hmm. Because they always, you know, they release the first few patches to get through some of the, like, technical issues. And then you never know if they're going to start announcing, hey, we have a newer slim console or this coming out. So you never Hey, know. we rushed this shit. Exactly. <laughs> Here's the better version. Because I feel like that happens with phones. Oh, yeah. So. All the time. <laughs> um, but, yeah. All right. All right. Well, that's pretty much what all we have for news. Yes. Uh, let's get into horror month. <laughs> Yes, uh, this week uh, is my week. That's right. So I picked, as as going kind of like in line of my pick so far, mm-hmm. um, The Exorcist. It's all about the devil. <laughs> <laughs> now, family takeovers, you know? This would probably have been one of my picks. Um, mm. I was kind of going back and forth, but it's hard for me because it's not just a movie I watched during like the Halloween season. So it's like one of my favorite movies of all time. So I kind of wanted to stay away from it. (laughs) But unfortunately, that's not happening. I'm sorry. No, that's fine. That's fine. It's your show. You could have stopped me beforehand. It's your show too, (laughs) I guess. (laughs) Before we get into it, it is horror month. Oh, wait. Do you have a Halloween costume? Since Uh, Halloween is like two weeks away. We're having some. Me and Damien work in the same building, so mm-hmm. in case you weren't on, we're not telling you where though. Not telling you where. <laughs> we're having a like space theme. So oh, yeah, I'm not aware of this. Okay. Of the, during the appreciation week. Oh, okay. And um, I guess I'm gonna try to figure out if I want to do something space suity or Star Wars. Space suit. You gotta go Star Wars. That feels obvious. I feel like it's too easy. Space suity? Like what is space? Suit I don't know. Mean like classic, like. Um, fishbowl like yeah uh, but I don't want to scare the children <laughs> <laughs> that just feels like it'd be more awkward and annoying to be True. wearing all you know that day. would be so um no parties and um not yet at least okay, okay. Not, not too many plans what's, what's been your favorite Halloween costume that you've ever gone as like in the past I've had some really bad ones and some really good ones. Um, well, I said favorites, so go with the good ones. I'm trying to think. I know last year I was like um, Jesus, but I had like <laughs> I had a bag of wine attached to me, and I made a mechanism where if I pushed the button, it would look like I was bleeding out wine. Oh, that's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Um, I would have to say, even though it didn't look great whatsoever, one of my favorite costumes was I did Zombie Mad Hatter. 
Now, uh, I was scaring children left and right as I was walking down the street. Uh-huh. Like, sure. it was just like my face looked like it was melting off, and I had the whole mat that had her, like, classic get up on. Nice. Yes. Nice. All right. All right. Cool. I, I, like, uh, I like the Jesus idea. Blue yes. That's pretty awesome. <laughs> I was like, how can I make this fun? You know, I had, like, it was very last minute. I just put it together real fast. I just bought all the parts. And just, hey, man. Whatever. Mm. Those are the best costumes, though. So, all right. Well, go, let's go into your pick, Christian. Oh yes. Um, one of the most profitable horror movies ever made. This tale of an exorcism is based loosely on actual events. When young Reagan Linda Blair starts acting odd, levitating, speaking in tongues, her worried mother Ellen Burstyn. Uh, seeks medical help only to hit a dead end. A local priest, Jason Miller, however, thinks the girl may be seized by the devil. The priest makes a request to perform an exorcism, and the church sends in an expert uh, to help with the difficult job. All right, Christian. Not exactly. No, how that happens. no. But where is this? Wikipedia or Google? <laughs> Google. Yeah. 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 Yeah, that's a, it's a little off. <laughs> and those names are the actors who play the yes, characters, not the characters' so names. You know. But, so Christian, when was the first time you saw this movie? The first time I saw this movie, I was maybe elementary school. Elementary school, yes. nice. nice. But I, I watched it on my own choosing. Okay. I was more just curious because everyone... No one sat started. you down and forced you no. to watch it. That'd be awesome parenting. We're <laughs> watching The Exorcist, goddammit! I was forced to watch other horror movies, <laughs> but not this one. Um... Uh, yeah, I was, I was interested in buying it. I was curious about the uh, concept of, you know, demon possessions and stuff like that. Oh, yeah? How yeah. old were you when you were curious about this? Like, fifth grade, I don't know. Now, seeing that when I was a kid, this movie had uh, just a whole, like, I don't know, aura about it. Mm. You know, there was a lot of word of mouth. People, have you seen The Exorcist? Did you have that as a kid? No. It's coming from, like, different generations. Mm. No, um, there no. wasn't, like, and not until at least middle school. Did you hear people talking about it? Mm. Okay. Okay. Especially like when Scary Movie came out and everything, and oh, they God. made fun of it a ton. There's so many jokes that reference and are almost exact copies of what happened in this Literally film. Literally makes so. my skin crawl. Did you wait? So did you hear this movie because of Scary Movie? No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Like oh my god! I hope that's not like where like a generation is getting its horror movie knowledge from. No. So okay, fair enough. Fair mm. enough. So like, what was your reaction when you first watched this movie? What the fuck is this? Really? Yeah, especially, especially for school. that. Yeah, for that young, um, I definitely didn't finish it. <laughs> yeah. At that age, um, this is this is an intense movie. Uh, especially, if, uh, it's very. Long for that age as well, I would say. <laughs> yeah. But um, this is an intense film. Mm-hmm. They really capture the whole, you know, transformation of this girl and like what happens. Like, I love because like, I rewatched it last night just okay. so I'd be able to talk about it more rather mm-hmm. than me trying to piece it back together. That's uh, a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> I what I loved about this film was you know it's never it wasn't just like straight to she's possessed. You know, mm-hmm. they, every single, they made every single excuse for her not to be possessed or just it being in her head. Even after the mom is on the bed while it's shaking mm-hmm. and clearly the daughter's not doing it. Yeah. She still doesn't believe it's a possession. Mm-hmm. And I, I love that it took this kind of like almost realistic approach to that. Mm-hmm. 
where even the doctors talk about the exorcism um, as a concept of like almost a placebo effect. Mm-hmm. You know, oh yeah, we'll just just do an exorcism. She'll think that she's gotten rid of the demon and it'll be over. It's almost like shocking her back into sanity. Exactly. Yeah. I loved all those aspects to this film. Mm. Uh, and that's, I think that's what keeps it being this classic, in my mind at least. Mm-hmm. Um, other than, of course, the filming aspect is unbelievable. Yes, yes, I agree, 100%. Um, you know, it's really, for me, it's that, I don't know, it's the mom's journey into acceptance. It's that transition mm. from, you know, Reagan being this, like, normal, everyday 12-year-old, you know, whose mom happens to be a movie star, but that's neither. Because <laughs> even though that aspect's in the film, mm. they still feel like an everyday kind of family. You know, like, she is a single mom. She does have servants and everything, mm. but they still feel real, you know, strangely enough. Um, but, like, that whole, like, journey of Reagan going through this transformation and everything like that and seeing her as this, like, fun-loving, you know, little girl mm-hmm. and her turning into this absolute monster, you know, by, you know, I mean, halfway through the movie is is what is most terrifying mm-hmm. for me. And I think that element of the mom being a movie star also adds to the fact of they could easily say this person's just acting this way. This person mm-hmm. is just, they know how this stuff is done. They could easily make tricks for everything. Yeah. I just thought that was just another little added, additive to it. Um, Ellen Bernstein's performance, too, is the mom who's mm-hmm. just going through this hell, you know, literally, um, is just phenomenal. Like, it just, it, she feels so real, you know, authentic. Because, I mean, especially now, and, you know, this is the kind of movie where you can watch at different times in your life and you get something else up. Mm. Like, now, as a parent, I can't imagine, you know, like, going through that where your your daughter is, you know, sick and ill and not knowing exactly what's causing it. You know, that being a possession or just any illness mm. whatsoever, how terrifying that would be for a parent. So watching her suffer through this, you know, and, like, just be torn apart is just, I mean amazing and she she shows so much range i mean every the, the performance with ellen Ber- by ellen bernstein and really linda blair i mean is amazing yes you know? she doesn't seem like when you watch when you start from the beginning linda blair does not seem like she's capable of any of this range by yes the way. it just looks like oh she's just an average girl uh-huh so just got lucky to get this part you know yeah and then she just kills it as the possessed <laughs> holy shit yeah it is quite a performance for such a young actress mm. um but yeah yeah no i agree um what what else stands out for you for in this film um you know especially as a young filmmaker well the fact that you know this is before steadicam and there's so many tracking shots mm-hmm. everything is just like they're moving along with the person it's that's an incredible feat yeah um especially for that stairwell Yes. Thinking about because um, I think recently we saw a like gif of behind the scenes and it's him in this like hammock thing going up the stairs. I'm like, that must have been the most pain in the ass thing to put together I've ever seen. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. Uh, by the by the end of the film, I got to I realized how had quiet this film was actually because when you think about most horror films, there's constantly like, well, while there's like a quiet moment before a kill or something like that, it this was just like silence with a little bit of tension and dread but not not too much score anywhere like mm-hmm. even like um from what i remembered as a child and growing up and whenever anyone would talk about the exorcist they always talk about the main theme 
Mm-hmm. But you hear that for like bells, yeah, yeah. You hear it for like a little bit at the beginning when she's at a very when she's just walking. Yes, and yes. It, it doesn't like come up over and over again. But man, that shit sticks with you though. Yes, <laughs> it, it sticks with you. Yeah, um, yeah. It's funny because yeah, now I hear it. I get chills every time I hear mm. that music. But yeah, really, there is not much of a score whatsoever. I feel like it kind of leads to like the realism of the movie too. It really makes those like horrifying moments even bigger. Mm. And I, I don't mind a movie that's, you know, overscored if you will, like especially in horror movies. Sometimes it works. You look at like The Conjuring and a lot of James Wan's movies, like that shit works. Like mm. his scores, I mean, I feel like are, are a separate character in those movies. Yeah, a lot of times scores make a movie at but this point. But sometimes they can be overdone and it can almost cue the audience, mm. like how you're supposed to react. Um, you know, this is not that whatsoever. <laughs> I always, I have a simple rule. It's like if you hear the music stop and it's silent, someone's about to die. Yes. Or something bad is about to happen. Like if it, if there's an obvious pause mm-hmm. and you hear only people moving or anything, it's like. It's and, a, oh, t- television shows is everywhere. Yes, and if you're a fan of horror movies, mm-hmm. you become trained to it, and you notice it right away. Where you'll notice like some camera angles are yes. like totally <laughs> setting you up for a jump scare. Like, okay, well, this is a weird angle. Mm-hmm. Something's about to happen. You know, there's too much space here in this shot in this frame. So, but yeah, th- I mean, this movie though is really you know just it's the pinnacle of what a horror movie mm-hmm. should be shot like for me not even just a horror movie but a film in general like mm-hmm. and i mean not to take too much away from like uh how it was done i'm just saying like even story element wise writing for this film this isn't just horror centric like we're going through this whole storyline with the priest and he's like losing his faith throughout mm-hmm. it the entire time and um Dealing with the fact that, you know, he can't take care of the, his mom the way he wants. So he puts her in a home and then the home immediately, like she dies in the home because she can't handle it. Yes. It's yes. just, it, that I was mean, a great storyline going on alongside of it. Yes. No, I mean, Father Karras' like, mm. storyline is what makes the movie Jason Miller another phenomenal performance. Because he's so believable as that character and you can see the heartache that he's going through. And you, I mean, you get his struggle with his faith. I mean, it's there. Um, you know, it, it's very subtle. But then, like, you get that conversation um, on the stairs between him and Max von Sydow where, you know, they're in the middle of the exorcism. Mm. And, I mean, that moment's huge. And it's funny because I think the, it's, it's been expanded um, on recently in the film because it, we had the 2000 re-release mm-hmm. and they added a little more to it um where now i i feel like i can't imagine the movie without those moments in it but like that i feel like that dialogue between the two priests is like the movie in a nutshell you know them talking mm-hmm. about you know what faith is and everything and why this is happening you know right now um you know that it's really you know the devil testing their faith and everything um you know it almost makes it feel like you know the devil's really coming after you know father damien you know Mm -hmm. um i I, just i mean there's so much going on in this movie and so many (laughs) wonderful ways and it's just i mean for what it did at its time Mm -hmm. you know i mean it's innovative you didn't have subject matter like this tackled in the way that it was you know i mean nowadays you have you know a movie like this every year at least 
you know, but this is, you know, the template. This mm-hmm. is what everything's based off of. Um, you know, even what we reviewed a couple weeks ago with Amityville exactly, Horror yeah. is a directly mm-hmm. because of this movie, you know, that that movie was able to be made. Um, you know, and we've got a lot of shitty movies because of this movie. <laughs> um, but, I mean, God, I mean, audiences had never seen anything mm. like this. And it still holds up, which is amazing. You know, it's not watered down. People mm. are still trying to reach the high bar that Exorcist is. Um, you know, and there aren't many great possession movies out there or many great movies out there that, you know, deal mm. with this subject matter with, you know faith and you know you know demons um it you don't get that mm. much so i can name a handful <laughs> yes. so um, it's just a great blend of storytelling practical effects the practical effects yeah, exactly. are amazing. and it, you think about what they did especially mm. in that bedroom scene to get you know their breath you know like you know that whole scene everything now would have been done with like cgi exactly they literally had like a refrigerating unit and that like that room was legitimately that cold, you know, the entire time. So and you can I, I think it added to the performances mm-hmm. of the characters. Um, you know, it's just amazing like how they got the furniture to move and everything, you know, with the bed and you know, Linda Blair's makeup, you know, like during this movie, that transformation, you know, from this little girl into like this, you know, demon possessed yes. monster is amazing. She's still stunning. Like that makeup, the finished mm, makeup, the welts on the cheeks—it's my god, you know. It's well blended too. Like it doesn't look like you don't see this random cut off on her neck like you would get in a lot of horror movies mm-hmm. that were just like doing it this fast. It's above and beyond, mm. you know, um, anything that we have, you know, at that time and since then. Like it really does hold up. Um, so I, it, it's just an amazing feat. This movie. So I mean. It's well-written. I mean, William freaking directing. I mean, he was a madman on set. I guess, like, he would use techniques. Like, he would uh, keep all the actors on edge. And he would do things like he would all of a sudden shoot off a gun in the middle of an actor's performance. Like, have someone make a loud noise just to keep them jumpy and, like, on edge. They fucking hated him because of it. (laughs) You know, he would push them to their limits mm. the last scene um with the priest um giving the rights to father damien um he just he was an actual priest he wasn't an actor so he kept on like stumbling over his lines and just not giving the performance mm. that he wanted he ended up like i think he was like basically do you trust me and then he ended up belting him to get that performance out of him. So if you watch that scene back and he's like literally shaking, giving those last rites um, to Father Damien, he's legitimately shaking. Like his nerves are completely off. I didn't know I about mean, that one. Yes. <laughs> he, was so, he was getting beaten. He so got he was... smacked, yes. So it's it's crazy ass shit that nowadays would not fly. No. But it was the 70s. <laughs> Fuck your you, dude. Yes. <laughs> Shooting off guns on I know. set is just insane. You know, things like that. I think the worst thing I've ever done to an actress so far was, um, it was the middle of winter, and the character is supposed to be dead in the little short film that I was making. Mm-hmm. And, um, middle of winter, she's wearing a sundress. She's anemic. Oh, that's And good. <laughs> we're on the top of a, uh, what, a parking garage. Okay. And she, but she killed it. 
<laughs> she did amazing. She stopped shivering and did her lines perfectly. Uh, I was like, oh, this is impressive. <laughs> Don't trust high school Christian. <laughs> He'll make you do shit. Um, but yeah, no, so I, I don't know. I mean... No, this is an outstanding film. There are reasons that when we get to our number one, that I'll explain why it isn't my number one on this list so far. Okay. So wait for next week, because I'll, I'll, I'll give a okay. full explanation. And honestly, for me, this isn't only like probably... For me, hmm. you know, and this is going to be spoilers, but for me, <laughs> when you know people talk about like horror movie lists and everything, it always changes, hmm. you know, for me. But... Exorcist and Halloween are always back and forth, one or two. And not only on my horror movie list, but on my, like, top movie list of all time. Mm. Um, you know, I mean, yes, Godfathers, you know, a lot of other movies are up there, but Exorcist and, you know, Halloween are always, you know, near the top. So they change sometimes just because of the mood I'm in or whatever. <laughs> but, you know, most of the list is always changing. But mm. those are two staples for me, so... Because it's not only a great horror movie, it's a great fucking movie. Yes. You know? So, I mean, there's so much subtext going on in this movie. Um, you know, but it is. It really is. And let us classic. know if, like, you start watching it just because of what we talked about. Because, I mean, I think all of these movies are worthy of watching this Halloween. Oh, absolutely. So now, is this a movie? Because, I mean, I'm going off my list. is just kind of movies that I always watch mm. during the Halloween season. Is this a movie that you visit it's every a, Halloween? Not every Halloween. Okay. But yes, it's mostly during Halloween season. This is this is one of those types of films for me. Yeah, I don't think about it during summer or during you know winter for like action and Star Wars seasons. <laughs> Star so. Wars season. I love that Star Wars has its own season. Yes. <laughs> but that definitely Halloween. Yes. This is when you a movie you visit. So mm. yeah, no, that's definitely on one. Of, it's one of my you know normal like cycle movies during October. But. I realize the TV edit they cut out the beginning a lot. Mm-hmm. They will just start straight from um, her fil- her filming. Oh, you have than, Father um, Marty like yeah. in like Iraq, mm-hmm. you know, doing everything. Yeah, because yeah. like like I started, I was like, is this is this right? This Am I getting wrong? <laughs> yes. Yeah, and it's funny because I get confused because of the two thousand, you know, mm-hmm. um, you know, re release. They added a lot more content, so I don't know what used to be in the original and what wasn't in mm-hmm. the original. Like that spider walk scene was not in the original. The one down the stairs, correct? Yes, the yes. Blood's down the stairs. Yes. Fucking amazing. <laughs> oh, like, my I girlfriend was screaming while that happened. <laughs> I can't even imagine the movie without it now. It's such mm-hmm. a great scene, but they couldn't use that originally because I guess there was like wires or something that like you could visibly mm. see, and they couldn't figure out I guess how to edit the scene perfectly. Um, so there was like just a beat that they thought it took away from like when she found out her actor friend was dead like mm. it kind of took away from that so um, but man it's the perfect scene <laughs> like if I want to turn someone on to horror that's the scene you know, or turn someone off to horror that's the scene <laughs> I would show them and think that was on the editing room floor that's for nice. a long time right well, um, they just they just digitally um, got rid of the wires. I think so. Okay. I'm guessing. Yeah, it was early 2000s. So hmm. I mean, yeah, at that point they. I, could. I can't imagine if those wires failed and she like went down. I, I think about like how much they did with wires mm-hmm. that you don't see. I mean, it really is movie magic. So I mean, it really changed the game. You know, just you know what you could do and like a lot of techniques and stuff like that are still used mm-hmm. to this day because of this movie. So, I mean, just from that standpoint, this movie, you know, means a lot, you know. 
but yeah, this is classic <laughs> horror movie, you know, storytelling here. Now, wonder-wise, do you have a pick, and then it's that is the last one. Then what was that? Is next week's then your pick, and then we have one more for the Halloween episode. Yes, I guess next week is my pick. Yeah. I, I totally didn't think about yeah, that. Yeah, I thought this was the last one, so now we have one more for you. We have one more pick for me. I have no idea where I'm going, <laughs> man. Because Exorcist probably would have been the pick. Uh-huh. <laughs> so yeah, I have no idea where we're going. So it's well, really going to be probably my like number three pick. <laughs> and if you do the math, you could probably figure out what number one is going to be. But, you know, whatever. Like, you couldn't figure that out uh-huh. anyway. But yeah, I have no idea where I'm going, man. <laughs> well, stay fun. tuned anyway. Yes, stay tuned anyway. absolutely. So yeah, go see this movie you have it though. Mm. <laughs> now accessing comics. Hey, so we got some comics this week to start reviewing. You know? Yes. Unlike last week, where we literally <laughs> talked about like two, two. Yeah. Yes, and I don't think I read the the second one. So. <laughs> <laughs> We've got six rolling out for you this I week. I actually read all of these. Well, except for oh, the last oh yeah, one. except except for Wonder Woman <laughs> and Bobo the fucking chimp. So, all right, what are we talking about first, Christian? Well, let's talk a little Avengers. All right, uh, World War Below with the underwater world on the brink of war. The Avengers go aquatic to save the day, but air breathers are no longer welcome in the undersea city of Atlantis and Namor. The Submariner, uh, Lord of the Seven Seas, has a bold new plan that will change the balance of power on Earth forever. Man, this was a badass Namor, right? Yes. Holy <laughs> shit. This is the most I ever cared about Namor. Mm. I mean, God, forever. I, I don't think I ever gave a shit about Namor before this exactly. book. Um, I could d- get into this version of Namor. So this is, it felt completely different than mm-hmm. Namor we got in like X Men Red, um, but this was a Namor on a mission. It, so. it makes zero sense compared to what we're getting with X Men Red. Yes, but I I totally digged it. Yeah, I, <laughs> I was totally I behind it. I don't know the continuity wise, like where he is in X Men before, Red. Or yeah, after, or exactly. Does it matter? <laughs> so we get an opening scene with almost comedic, where mm. like. This character, Tiger Shark, who's a grade C level villain, and a hero who's a grade C or D level hero, Stingray, are battling off a cruise <laughs> ship that apparently Stingray was having his yes. honeymoon on or something. Yes. Um, and they're battling, and then there's like a line in there where you realize that Tiger Shark's his brother in law, yeah. and like they're kind of like, <laughs> it's like, what the fuck am I reading here? It was this- a fun moment. This book has a lot of fun, like, just like fun almost it feels like mcu level jokes in uh throughout the book oh you're talking about like the movie like cinematic universe mm-hmm. and something like, like how they it's insert subtle. humor in. it's yeah. not too over the top mm-hmm. you know but it really you know it, it's been a highlight of the book at least i would say so um but yeah it was it was a nice little moment everything like that but it felt fun and then all of a sudden namor shows up yes <laughs> And Namor fuck shit up. It's all uh, doom and gloom. <laughs> yes, yes. He says right off the bat, like, you know, if you're going to be my ocean, you need to join me. You know, and you're like, what the hell is he talking about? Mm. Um, Stingray is hesitant. Like, he doesn't know what the hell's going on. And Namor doesn't give a shit. Yeah, and at this point, I'm still expecting Namor to be, like, 
on the fence, not too rough or like mean he or always evil. is. Exactly. You know, he's always to me. He's like Quicksilver with like you know Aquaman's powers. Mm-hmm. You know, that's always like character I get from Namor. You know, he's a jerk. No one really likes him. You know, he always rides the fence. Um, but you know, he's always that kind of hero in the long run. Um, here. It feels like a very different name, yes. and I don't feel like we've seen him like be this much of a badass. Maybe a little in Hickman's run with, um, you know, the new Avengers and everything like that. Um, but that whole book was, you know, insane. So, but it this Namor, you know, asks, you know, Tiger Shark and Stingray, you know, are you going to join me? And he literally has an army of fucking sharks, you know, behind him. Um, Stingray is kind of like, you know, trying to plead with him or try mm. to like figure out what the hell he's talking about. He still about. approaches him with this kind of like Yeah. Come on, man. You know this is Yeah, we're work both out. we've both been Avengers. Come on, you know. And Namor's not having any of mm. it, you know, and he basically it seems like at least he takes out Stingray, you know, and possibly kills him. So I mean that's what you're led to believe. Mm. It, like you just see a you know a, a cloud of, you know, blood um after he sticks his sharks on him. So, and he beats him pretty badly, too. Um, to the point where Tiger Shark is taken aback by this fucking Tiger Shark. The man has a shark head. Mm. Um, is taken aback by this. So, and Tiger Shark joins up right away afterwards. Um, you know, so it, it was definitely a different moment for Namor. But I dug it, you know. It's like, oh, I want to see more of this. Where are we going here? Um, but, yeah. So, uh, your thoughts on the book? You know, like... We move on and mm. we see that, you know, the Celestials, you know, basically the aftermath of, you know, them falling out of the sky has just wrecked Alanis. Yes. Um, Destroyed it completely. You know, and we know that there was, you know, something that happened with uh, Roxxon uh, that, you know, they took out Atlanteans. Yeah, and hung them off the side of the boat, yes. which was a bit extra. Yes, that... <laughs> Yes, it's a least. <laughs> so they, yeah, they hung him off the side of the boats and everything, and we saw a little bit of that the last, you know, issue. Mm. Um, so it, but it to me in that issue too, it felt like the Lanteans were like boarding their boats. So I don't know if they like were patrolling, like that boat went too far or into their territory or anything, you know, because it did seem they like... did approach. They weren't like just like. Like there was an oil spill or something. Yeah. No, like they came up and immediately... Yes, yes, exactly. fighting, so... So, um, yeah, so I, I think maybe there's a little more to that story. I'm not sure, though. Or maybe we just kind of misread it. I don't know. It did feel like they were boarding their ship. But, yeah, I mean, they obviously answered in a bit of an mm. extra way by hanging them off the sides of their boats. <laughs> so Namor's having none of it. Mm. His people are living in caves because the Celestials, you know, and the Avengers come calling. You know, to figure out what the hell is going on. Um, your thoughts? Yes, I loved his interactions with each Avenger, and then he gets to Captain America, and it becomes an actual serious conversation rather than conflict throughout. Yes, um, Namor's doing a lot of grandstanding mm. here. So, uh, it's it's a powerful moment having him. Not only you know he has good reason why he's upset. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's literally his home, the people he's supposed to be protecting, people that he had to earn. Um, you know, his king. Like kingship through yes, and they kind of talk about yeah, that, like how hard about, it was yeah. growing up, being kind of like, you know, this he he is considered a mutant because he is you know mm. uh, you know 
half Atlantean, half Earthling at the same time, or Earth, I don't know what they call them, landwalkers or whatever. But so he was different, you know, from the rest of the world. They all had blue skin, you know. He had white skin, so he was definitely, you know, looked upon as weird and different. He had earned their trust, mm-hmm. um, you know, even though he was royalty at the time. So, you know, I like that they had that in there in the book, and it really added layers to the story and to Namor as a mm-hmm. character. You know, something that it's not always brought up upon, you know, he's kind of like this arrogant, pompous asshole. And, you know, no one really asks why, you know, and he kind of talks about like, well, this is, this is why I'm the way I am. <laughs> you know, I have to be this way. So, um, I thought it was. Well, they even show like, um, the children being afraid of him or, um, going away from him, showing distrust. Well, it seems like too, for me, and that was at the end of the story, do you mm-hmm. feel like it's because of everything they've gone through at this point? Yes. You know, they, now they've lost faith in him. So he's trying to like regain, you know, their trust, you know, of his kingdom. So um, I love the moment between him and Black Panther. They finally, you know, something I was questioning last issue was like, are they going to address the fact that these, you know, two characters were at war with mm-hmm. each other? They're like literally had a blood feud. I mean, they were killing each other's people. So they did address it. I, I don't feel like they delved enough into it but i'm sure we'll get that now with you know black panther being the leader of the they're definitely going to explore it more especially because um you know when they mentioned the whole you brought an army he immediately like shows that it's the avengers and it's not just going to be this big nation conflict yes 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 um but it right away it really puts you know black panther being the leader of the avengers Mm -hmm. you know kind of like up front and center because you know because of his past and his history it might be putting the avengers into like you know different situations that it wouldn't necessarily be like i feel like if captain america was the sole leader of the team and black panther wasn't on the team you know i feel like captain america might be able to diffuse the situation more where i feel like black panther being the leader of that Mm. team is going to escalate things you know further um, and we see at the end of the book, you know, they're able to kind of, you know, like walk away from each other, you know, not having a truce or anything, but kind of just having an understanding where they, you know, both parties stand. Um, but we see that, you know, Namor's still putting together, you know, an army pretty much of mm-hmm. all these, you know, super powered underwater characters, you know. Yes. Um, I'm assuming they're going to get their own extra book. You think so? I feel like that looks like. Namor's team could be like a small like four issue. I could see it being like a tie-in to Mm. like you know maybe this like kind of you know arc. Um, Yeah, so I mean they're not done. So I don't know if this is going to be the next arc or you know. I also love that moment where the prisoners that um, they negotiated away are killed in the prison. Oh yes, he shoots the water up the toilet. Yes, it felt a very almost Magneto like to Mm. me. You know, so they basically, and we kind of glossed over that, but they, you know, negotiate, you know, their release of, you know, because they're holding them captive. Yes, the which, rock song, uh employees. Yes, yes. Which, you know, the people who are on the boat, which I was surprised that Namor just didn't kill them, mm-hmm. you know, and I don't know if he was kind of fearing, you know, what that would mean, like, you know, if basically that would cause because he's part of the UN and everything like that if that would be a declaration of war you know if he did something like that but the fact that the Avengers are able to kind of you know walk away with those prisoners you know put them in cells but Namor still finds a way to get you know 
his hands around it and his justice, if you will, by mm. drowning them with sewage, basically, from the toilets that are in their prison cells. Yeah. Pretty fucking badass. <laughs> Pretty badass. So, like I said, I, I love this Namor, mm. you know, and I could give a shit about Namor. This book <laughs> made me really enjoy Namor, so. Trust me, if you go back and you listen to us react, or at least me reacting to him being part of Red, uh, X-Men Red, I was yes. very much like, why the fuck does this character matter in this story? I still feel so. Like it, but, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, but okay, well, moving on, we had yes. Infinity Wars number four. I can't believe it's already issue number four of this. It feels like we're going fast here. Yeah. It's, you know? it's going by. Um, all right. So the blurb. Uh, Requiem is victorious. Infinity has been warped. Reality only has one hope. And that hope is... Loki. Yeah, weirdly <laughs> enough, it's Loki. Uh. So this kind of filled in some blanks that I think we're missing. You know, some questions we had, at mm-hmm. least with last issue. We didn't really quite truly understand everything that was going on, I think. At least I didn't with, you know, issue number three. Mm-hmm. Like, I had no clue that the universe that she folded in half, basically, you know, the Marvel Universe, that she put it in the Soul Stone. Yeah. Like, I didn't realize it was on, like, the Soul World. Like, I had no clue that was happening. Um, You know, I was a little confused about where we are going. Like, I didn't, like, okay. So basically, (laughs) (laughs) we start off with Loki, you know, visiting the X-Mansion. He's trying to get to Cerebro, you know, so he can locate, you know, the other, you know, basically characters that he needs for his team. What we find out is he's basically trying to put together a new Infinity Watch. Characters that he believes that can help, um, you know, him battle Gamora, but that also wield the stones. Um, he has, I, I enjoyed every one of the character interactions in this book. You know, I, I thought it was a fun book. You know, I loved, you know, him going back and forth with, you know, this version of Wolverine who's crossed over with Emma. Um, I thought that was pretty fucking awesome, but I didn't quite understand like what the hell was going on. You know, with his motives at first. Yeah. Right? Did you get kind of confused? Like, I felt like I didn't understand, like, why he, like, was able to get his hands. And later on in the book, basically, he has his hands on another stone. Yes. They they put in a um, message in a psychic bottle, pretty much, to a future version of... Um, Logan slash Emma who becomes the Phoenix and um, apparently they have the stone yes in the future at some point so he's able to bring that stone so basically you have a scene where he's talking to this you know this warped version of Wolverine and Emma this version says okay well I'll just put a psychic message into you know I know I know from my dealings with the Phoenix in the past, mm. that eventually I'll possess the Phoenix Force. So I'm going to go ahead and put in the psychic message that will let me know what's going to happen, and I'll be able to revisit myself, you know, in the past. And it literally happens like that. Yeah. All of a sudden, there's a Wolverine with the Phoenix Force standing there, mm. um, and he hands over a stone to Loki. 
um, you know, and then, you know, he's able to separate Emma and uh, Logan right off the bat. I'm thinking, oh, we're going to get Logan part of this story. Yeah. And they leave him behind, and Loki chose Emma to come with him. That's because there's creatures in the um, soul world that are trying to eat everyone's soul. Yes, yes. But I don't know why you wouldn't want Wolverine along with you, but whatever. <laughs> he had a different powerhouse in mind. Yes, exactly. So he has a very specific team, mm. you know, that he wants to put together. So, um... It was kind of an insane moment, you know, and I was a little, I was left confused because I was like, well, is this stone from the future or is this a separate, like, different stone? Once again, fucking time travel, right? Mm. Is this a different stone altogether? Well, from what I understood, it's is that when she created this reality, she also accidentally created more stones. But at the same time, what did she, she just take? She would still have them or some type of, I don't it's hard because she's supposed to, whatever when she has all the stones, doesn't her and all realities have the stones as yes. well? Yes. Well, I don't think that these events are happening in different realities in different ways and different mm-hmm. fashions because I don't think it's always her with the stones. So there's similar events happening with the stones coming together, but it's different scenarios. So that's why I'm kind of confused that she. So maybe okay, maybe she did create different stones by warping. I don't know. Regardless, I guess is the because end they point. show her and she still first, has was, the stone. Yeah, well, and but to me, I was like, well, is this just like a future stone, like that they're bringing back? Like that's what that's what I thought at first. But then you brought up, you know, did she create these stones? So I don't know. You know, I don't know if we'll ever truly <laughs> understand because I, I'm assuming that's his Loki's mission now is to get all the stones that are in this reality to the characters. See, I took it that they were going to take her on head on, and then with just the power stone, and that they would somehow use this power stone to separate, you know. But I could be wrong. (laughs) That's how. So we, we, I promise, we actually did read this book, people. But we were a little confused. I that being said, I enjoyed the Mm. book. You know, so we see him like putting together his team and everything, and he's visiting all these other characters, um, you know, who are warped, but then he's able to separate them. You know, using the stone. So, I mean, you get, and it's a, a ragtag yeah. team that he's Kamala putting together. Kamala Kang. Yes, and the reason why he's able to find them so easily is because he actually implanted this, like, you know, I don't know, subconscious message to Gamora, <laughs> as outlandish as this sounds, but as Loki. So, to, like, warp these characters together so that he would be able to find them. Um, you know, he obviously, you know, had his team put together before everything happened, mm. I guess. So, but yes, Kamala Khan, which seems like what? Um, well, I like Kang. calling her Kamala Kang, since, since they were mixed together. Oh I'm like, that God. works so... I didn't even think about that. <laughs> God, do you think that's why they did yes, that? Yes, exactly oh, why they did God, that. God, that's horrible. Uh, <laughs> So we got we got those two. Who else did we get? We ended up getting um, um, Ant Man and the Hulk. Yes, which Hulk I didn't see coming, and they didn't want they didn't want oh they wanted the Hulk and Ant Man. Yes. They didn't want Bruce. Yes. Bruce was like all of a sudden like he was trying to like help them out. They're like no no we need the Hulk. Get the fuck <laughs> out of here, Bruce. Um, and then uh, and this is Scott Lang, obviously not Hank mm. him. Um, so anyway, they end up in the, they're on the soul world and they're, you know, obviously I guess they always have been on the soul <laughs> world, but whatever. 
Um, but then uh, they see Adam Warlock, you know, being attacked by that beast, that creature that's devouring spider him. stuff. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so they end up going to save him. Um, you know, and there's a little bit of a battle. The the creature devours Adam Warlock, but then Scott Lang, you know, by being basically manipulated by Emma, decides to lunge into action, dives into the creature. They're all surprised. Emma's at least surprised that he mm-hmm. did that. And then he goes ahead and goes giant size and rips the thing in half. So and he's able to save Adam Warlock. Um, you know, in the, the issue ends with Emma saying, we're going to need some heroes, you know, at our side. And she basically calls all the warped characters that have one shots right now, you know, to the battle with them. So and they're all, you know, fighting that spider creature or mm-hmm. whatever the hell they're calling it. So devouringia or something like that something ridiculous <laughs> something a little too on the nose I yeah think, it was it was a dumb name <laughs> uh, devorna or something like something that. like that um but yeah yeah so you have all the heroes basically mm. answering the call um i don't know i like i oh you also have i forgot about gamora, yeah, gamora at the end of the yeah. book is still trying to search for what the hell is at the end of basically the universe because for some reason she can't see it. So um, she finds all the watchers yes. like standing around in a fucking, you know, I don't know, circle. Circle <laughs> holding hands. Yes, holding hands. Um, <laughs> you know, look like a circle jerk to me, but that's just me. Uh, <laughs> so, but then uh, she's ready to go ahead mm. and still move forward and figure out what's going on because they're at the edge of the universe. And the Thanos that's inside her head was also trying to convince her to bring him back to reality. Uh-huh. Just, yes. just putting that out there. Yes, exactly. So, Thanos is still a factor in this book. Um, I don't know. Overall, what did you think, Christian? I think the story is is going a little nuts, a little off the board a bit. Mm-hmm. But I'm interested to see where it's going. I'm, I'm not. It hasn't like thrown me off to the point where it's like, okay, I, I don't care anymore. But it's like, I'm still interested to see what's happening week after week, well, month after month with this issues. I think it's fun. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm enjoying it, but it is a little fucking apeshit crazy right now. Yeah. Right? It's definitely not the road I saw them traveling no. when this all started. But, I mean, really, if you look at Countdown, how crazy that was, I, I guess I shouldn't be surprised. Countdown was crazy, but this is on another level. Uh, this feels like the Marvel Universe does, like, the Wizard of Oz. Like, just, like, the way that they mm-hmm. were, like, collecting these characters and everything that would make Loki Dorothy, by the way. Um, <laughs> I, you know, it does feel like a bizarre road. Mm. But it, I don't know. I don't maybe I'm enjoying it because it is so different. Um, you know, I, I thought it was fun. You know, I, I, I still don't give a shit about any of those workbooks at all. Because <laughs> um, it feels like, you know, this is what it's going to lead to. Mm. is like these characters aiding them in battle. And that's all that's going to really matter. I feel like it's not going to be a big point of the main storyline so um but i'm enjoying the main story at least you know um i have no clue where they're headed though no absolutely yeah so i don't know who's going to end up with the stones i can't imagine you know because it feels like loki's putting together this team and he basically said so when gamora is you know separated from the stones like these characters can wield the stones i don't know 
if that's I, I can't imagine that being a long term thing. I can't imagine them being the new Infinity no, Watch, especially Kang the fucking Conqueror. Um, but, <laughs> His story still seems like he's trying to find a way where he wins. Yes, game. yes, and Loki's always trying to find a way for mm. you know the long game how he wins. So you know, I'm sure it'll just be basically another ruse so he can betray that team and take all the stones for himself. You know, um, but. I'm okay with that, too, because that's Loki. <laughs> yes. That's Loki being Loki. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I'm enjoying it, strangely enough. So. Well, hopefully they just keep having these tiny blurbs, though. Yeah. <laughs> I'll take sense. the tiny blurbs, too. <laughs> Thank you, Marvel. <laughs> so. Uh, all right. Well, next we have Captain America number four. All right. Uh, Winter in America continues with Sharon missing... Cap must single-handedly invade the stronghold of his enemies. But even if he makes it through, what's waiting for him is a hundred times more formidable. Taskmaster. And you know what? He actually felt that way. Yes. Well, I mean, the Taskmaster we saw last in Spider-Man feels like a completely different mm-hmm. character than what we got here in Captain America. He felt like a legitimate threat. Like he, like we end this with issue with it feeling like Taskmaster could possibly defeat. I mean, even Cap just describing him, <coughs> where he, what he's using his skills for and everything. Yes, that no, was great. No zany dialogue yes. or anything, and not that I don't enjoy that at times with Taskmaster. Um, you know, I enjoyed the run that he had with uh, the Agent X series, which which was like a Deadpool tie-in. Mm-hmm. Basically, it's like. Deadpool and him, like, almost like in a buddy cop, like, movie. They're both assassins and everything, and they're just kind of riffing mm-hmm. off each other. It's enjoyable. But this is kind of like the taskmaster from my childhood, the badass who could possibly take out Captain America. Um, I, I, I liked that a lot. You know, and the battle that they have, you know, is, you know, pretty much silent except for, you know, Captain America narrating it. And explaining hmm. why Taskmaster's such a fucking badass, <laughs> um, which was well done, you know. Um, feels I almost ju- like it's a direct response. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> almost feels that way, right? <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I've really, I've enjoyed this book a lot. Mm-hmm. I really have. Um, it's a pleasant surprise. Um, I like the storyline. I like where we're going here. Um, I like kind of the twist with Sharon and Ross. Um, we find out that Ross betrayed mm-hmm. Sharon, basically. Um, and that, you know, he's working with this, you know, this other, you know, basically not an offshoot of Hydra, but like trying to fill the, the this group who's trying to fill mm-hmm. the vacuum that and Hydra's I, I'm just hoping that it's not too much like how Hydra was, especially with, you know, them having people everywhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't think that's going to be the case it feels because it feels like you know what we're getting at least in the punisher you know hydra's definitely still a major factor Mm -hmm. out there um you know they just have a giant punisher problem right now um it feels like it's more of you know the direct response to what happened with you know hydra you know basically you know taking over you know the united states um you know that you have all this like i don't know disillusion in the country right now and you know they're ripe for the picking so this other you know faction is trying to you know basically you know exploit that so i like that um it feels real it feels like it resonates with what's going mm. on in the country now there's, there's definitely a too much yeah, there's, <laughs> there's a lot of unfortunately right um, 
There's a lot of subtext, too. Like, she keeps on bringing up, like, you know, you're all Russian and, like, you know, right now. Mm. And talking about, like, how a lot of the citizens are, like, you know, kind of feeling, you know, out of place. And they feel kind of, you know, left behind, you know, by their country. You know, all these people who went to war for, you know... Uh, the government, you know, to save it from Hydra are mm-hmm. feeling disillusioned. So, I, you know, it is a little on the nose, but, you know, I, I kind of <laughs> dug it. Um, we find out that the um, character, the mystery character that basically takes Sharon captive um, in the last issue, she's in there, you know, of course, classic supervillain style, has Sharon on a slab, you know, um, interrogating her and... You know, we find out that this is actually her father was, and I can't remember his name off the bat, but her father was the character that, um, you know, along with the Red Skull, um, basically brainwashed Sharon into, you know, murdering Captain America. So, um, and she ended up, Sharon ends up killing that character, Lutkin? Lutkin, I believe, is the character's name, um, in that whole mm-hmm. story arc um, by uh, Blue Breaker. So, it, it's a nice, you know, tie-in, you know, to Captain America's past and everything. So it makes sense why that character would have, you know, such a, you know, I don't know, passion for yes. seeing Sharon, you know, done away with. Because it does feel personal, um, you know, the way she's talking to her and everything. I like that Sharon downplayed it and pretend she didn't even know what the fuck, you know, who the fuck mm. she was or anything. Um, you know, even though this is a character whose father ruined her life pretty much. So, um, you know, but I love Captain going, sh- making a beeline straight for where Sharon is, you know, after last issue. I thought that was pretty cool. You know? No, yeah, this was a good little, it was, it was a small issue, but there was a lot of big elements to it. Yes. It was a good balance, too, mm-hmm. between action and a lot of exposition. So, um, I, I enjoyed that, too. So far, all these books have been a good, like, exposition done right. Yes, exactly. Because there was, I mean, there was a lot of, you know, typical super villainy hair. Mm. I'm going to explain what I'm doing exactly to you. But at the same time, you know, it's done the right way. All her motives make sense. Um, and I like the wild card of like Ross turning because he is mm. such a patriotic character. It just seems insane to me. But, you know, he's always told the line. You know, in the Marvel Universe. So, mm. I just... I, I was kind of thrown back by that. You know, so... But I loved all the action sequences, too. <laughs> yes. Alright. Uh, next, we're going to be reading... Or... Next, we did read X-23, number five. Alright. All is revealed as Laura and Gabby fight to return to each other and work to uncover the ultimate plan of the power-hungry cuckoos. But which team will take the day... And will any of their sisters emerge unscathed? Well, it was a bit of a short end to this kind of arc that they've been doing. Like, they put together a plan, they execute the plan, the plan goes out, fine. You know? Mm-hmm. That's just kind of what this book was. It, was. it feels like it was just a means to an end to this story. Which is unfortunate because it's the finale of the story, mm-hmm. the, the whole arc. So I was a little disappointed with this just because... I felt like there was going to be a bigger battle, you know, to take down, you know, uh, to take down Esme, especially now Mm -hmm. that she's in Gabby's body. So I thought there was going to be this badass battle. I didn't think, 
I honestly didn't think this was going to be the conclusion of the story arc. I thought maybe, yeah, maybe it'd be like, you know, volume one of a bigger arc, if you will. Um, I didn't think that she was going to be basically able to take Esme out so mm-hmm. easily. And especially in, I don't know, it felt kind of like, really, like you're a, a telepath, a psychic. Your sister's able to sneak up on you by, you know, like she was able to, dist- Laura's able to distract her basically mm-hmm. long enough for her other sister to go to Cerebro and basically, you know, attack her, you know, uh, psychically and you know hold her at bay so then laura can just stab her (laughs) and that's it yeah i I wish there was a little bit more weight to all of that too like oh i have to stab gabby to get someone out of her yeah like i didn't understand like why would the stabbing and the psychic like why did both of those you know equal as a maid dying because gabby can heal so i i don't know like I didn't feel like there was that was enough to take her down. It was just too easy and too convenient. Mm-hmm. Um, Do they explain why the psychic link uh, for um, um, X twenty three disappears as well? You mean where she's not with the other? The other, cuckoo? yeah, the other dead um, sister is in her head. Not Mindy. I can't remember the other sister's name. Mindy is the one who grabs yeah, the helps, but um, yeah. So I'm not sure. And I don't know how she can get access to Cerebro so easy. <laughs> oh, yeah. That, that would just, you would think that the X-Men would have that shit on lockdown. You know? Isn't there like a big giant door that blocks I that think or that something? Laura, of all people, would have notified the X-Men, hey, the cuckoos have gone off the rails, mm-hmm. you know, be on the watch, you know, for the cuckoos. Don't give them access to fucking Cerebro, <laughs> whatever you fucking do. Um, yeah, yeah. So maybe they need to up their security a yeah. little, I guess. Uh, I just, I don't know. I was, I thought I, I really enjoyed this arc and everything. Mm. So it was just a little bit of a disappointment, you know, um, you know, for the final to be, I don't know, the final battle to be so flat. I kind of wish that there was at least like a part of Esme still like in Gabby a little bit. So it, something that plays on going forward, but. You know, I think they kind of tease that where um, Laura's talking about, she kind of feels like a grain, like a little like grain in the sand. Like, at, in her brain of, mm. you know, the other cuckoo still being there. So I'm, I'm wondering if that was their way of teasing that, you know, Esme could be still, you know, part of Gabby somehow. Um, you know, or, you know, did she really even get rid of her? Maybe she was just playing possum right now. So even though well, we had that scene yeah, between they had that the whole two... weird scene. They could explain that away. I, I wouldn't be surprised if they explore this down the line, mm-hmm. you know. So, because it's something that can build on both of their characters going forward. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, I did like the way it ended. You know, with them at at the non birthday party, it was like they're the wake for. <laughs> it was a uh, like death celebration for Esme. Yeah, basically, which was weird. Um, <laughs> but it was almost like a birthday party too mm. for Gabby. So I, I enjoyed that part. I was like Jesus Christ, Lord, just tell her her fucking birthday. What the fuck? I like, thought she was like by the last page. I was yeah. like, oh, she's gonna tell her the birthday. I thought that's time. what she did, and they were just celebrating like a belated birthday. Mm-hmm. But the fact that she's like, when you do tell me, I was like, really? You still haven't told her birthday? That seemed bizarre. But anyway, you know, it was it was still a nice moment between mm-hmm. them, you know. And I really did. I felt like this arc really, for me, you know, 
being new to Gabby and everything and not knowing that past art, I felt like it really built the relationship between those two and defined it. Mm. So, um, you know, I, I've enjoyed this book, though, overall. You know, I'm, I'm excited about this book, so I'm interested to see where they go yeah. with the I next I kind of issue. hope that there's more to it when they go further, though. I'm still like I'm hoping that the next arc might be a little deeper than what we got with this. Yeah. You know I mean, it was it was a chase, and then it was like, and then it ended. There was a lot of potential there where mm. it could have been like I felt like it could have been a longer arc. Um, there was only five issues. Um, so I, I get what you're saying though. Yeah, I could definitely see. You know, I would definitely want them. I don't want this to be kind of like the villain of the week, and yeah. then you know. We're just getting these four or five issue arcs, you know. I would like to see a little more, you know. But I did think that they explored Laura's character well. Like, you know, for someone who's, you know, not super familiar with Laura, you know, like this is my first, like, solo book with mm-hmm. her, only knowing her from, like, teen books, I felt like it was a really good, like, introduction to her, you know, in a solo story. So I will say that. I liked Esme's jabs at her before they started fighting, though. Like, you know. The fact that she's a killer, too, mm, and everything, and everything that she's Poking doing. at her past and everything. Yeah. I just, yeah, I really wish there was more to that fight. Yes. I think that's really the big letdown for mm. me. Because that's a serious fucking threat. Esme and Gabby's body, yeah. you know, should be almost. Because Gabby can't feel pain either. That, yes. that could have been a really interesting fight. And she would abuse the shit out of that. So. Mm. And, I mean, Esme is a super, I mean, she's a clone of the fucking White Queen, so she's a super powerful <laughs> mutant, and yeah, I mean, she's back from the dead, for crying out loud, so. I almost felt like, too, that, like, she somehow manipulated the cuckoos into bringing her back. Like, that was, you know, I, mm-hmm. I could see her, like, you know, still being out there, seeing that they can, like, attach themselves into people's, like, subconscious you know, that maybe, like, she somehow manipulated them, you know, from beyond the grave to bring her back. So I, I feel like we haven't seen the last of Esme at all, mm. you know. The cuckoos, the rest of the cuckoos are on the lam now, too. <laughs> they mentioned that. So, which I was surprised with because the X-Men just forgive every one of their villains. So, you know, I mean, Jesus Christ. If They're Sabertooth, weird enough just to run off on their own, though. <laughs> they are. But if Sabretooth can have a place on the yes. team, they'll eventually be back in the fold. So... Um, but next up, what do we got? We got Spider-Geddon. Yes, uh, our next big Spider-Man event book. Uh, Revenge of the Spider-Verse. Back in 2014, Spider-Verse brought every Spider-Man ever together. This event spinning out of Sp- Amazing Spider-Man 800 has Christos Gage and Dan Slott uh, teaming up to up to destroy them all. The inheritors have somehow gotten out of their radioactive prison planets and made their way to the Marvel Universe. It's going to take a whole spider army to keep them from taking it all. Um, starring Spider-Man, Dr. Octopus, Spider-Gwen, Miles Morales, Spider-Woman, Spider- the Spider-Man from the anticipated game, and, well, every Spider-Man and Spider-Woman ever including some new brand new ones uh end of all spiders never looked so good <laughs> it was a bit of a wordy one but we got through it that was a uh, that was a dc blurb <laughs> jesus christ really oh god we didn't see uh the video game spider-man in this no one. not in this issue but not in um, this issue right okay 
So obviously, I, I bet you anything they had big things in store for him, just because you know they're going to push the shit out of that game. They obviously. had a they had a tie in one showing him. I just didn't read it. Okay, yeah, I think it was. Oh, it was issue number zero was yeah. the tie in. So I had not read any of the tie ins. Um, that being said, I didn't feel like I was missing anything. Yeah. Like I, it's you more know, just like reintroductions to the characters. I read the Spider Verse books, um, you know, through the Spider Man line, mm-hmm. and I didn't feel like I missed anything by not reading all the little one shot tie ins that they did. So, um, they do a pretty good job. I know Slot has in the past with like you know keeping kind of the main story flowing and not feeling like you're missing anything where you have to read every single tie in. Um, it's more the time seemed more mm-hmm. to enhance the. And books. looking at this checklist, it was about twelve. Yes, there was a lot. Forward. It seemed like every character got mm-hmm. a tie-in, which I found interesting because this book kind of starts killing them all <laughs> right off the bat. Um, so you basically find out that uh, Superior Doctor Octopus has basically um, hijacked the uh, tools of the inheritors um, and is using them to help him with his cloning. So he's like, he has all these bunch of, bunch of superior clones um, that he's making for himself. So that he can put his subconscious into. Yes. So he's he's basically taken Jackal's technology and the Inheritor's technology and merged it. So now he can do these superior clones. Um, right now he is in a clone body, this ultimate clone body that the Jackal like made. That's basically like Peter Parker's DNA and everything. It's, it's this weird hodgepodge between Parker and um, Octavius. Hmm. So you have the team of you know the Spider, the the Web Warriors, if you will, um, basically showing up and you know getting Miles to join you know up right off the bat. You know what was I enjoyed about this book was the fact that Peter wasn't actually in this. Our mm-hmm. Peter Parker was not really in this book. Um, you know, it was really kind of told through Miles' eyes. You know, they come, they confront Miles, they get him to join up. Um, I'm glad I liked the characters they chose. You know, it seemed like to be the most popular characters from that Spider Verse, you know, story. Um, and I liked that it was very simple. It was very much like this is what's going on. You know, let's go here. I liked everything that they showed with a superior director of us. He was fantastic. I did not realize, you know, I haven't been completely up to date with where, you know, Doc Ock has been story arc wise after everything that happened last year with um, Secret Empire. Mm-hmm. You know, last I saw him was, you know, him basically being manipulated by Hydra, being forced to kind of join up with Hydra. Um, so I had no idea that he was kind of like now taking, you know, guardianship of San Francisco and still trying to act as a hero now, um, which is not what we saw last, you know, mm-hmm. at least not what I saw last of him. But how he's doing it is fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> Very ability. Uh, you know, he confronts uh, one of the main, uh, I guess, crime lords, uh, mm-hmm. Count, uh, Count Nefarious. I believe. Um, and instead of like, you know, like he, he's bragging the entire time that he's planned for everything, you know, Nefarious is laughing him off like, oh, but you did plan for this and you didn't plan for that. And then finally, you know, Doc Ock shows him, well, actually, I have my little, you know, I don't remember what he 
calls them, like Octobots or yeah. whatever, um, hovering over all your family members, you know, and at a push a button, I can basically assassinate them all <laughs> if you don't stand down. Um, the Count thinks, like, this is an invitation to negotiate, you know, terms, but, you know, Doc's like, no, you just need to leave. I'm not negotiating. I'm playing on the side of angels now. You know, I'm one of the good guys. And the Count kind of laughs him off like, um, no. <laughs> That's not your nature. You know, I'll be back when you're willing to talk. Mm-hmm. So I just love seeing, you know, Octavius struggle with, like, being a hero. And, like, him still going through, like, you know, basically being a hero by villainous terms. Yes. You know? <laughs> Like, not even the Punisher would go that route. <laughs> <laughs> but he's willing to go that extra yes. length like a villain would um, to get what he wants. So, um, And for him, it's like for the greater good. So I get it. But not really. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, don't, I really enjoyed this book. So they confront, you know, Doc Ock and tell him what you're doing is wrong. They're using this technology to basically clone themselves. He's being an arrogant bastard about it. And yes. then they have a different version. This, like, the one only, like, hero version of Doc Ock with them to kind of, like, help explain what's going on and kind of plead with them. And they're able to do it right off the bat, you know, and show them, no, look, they're looping you. You know, they're looping all the, you know, um, tests to show you, you know, that this is not what's happening. Mm-hmm. Or they're distracting you, basically. You know, your your clones are unstable and they're being taken over and mutated, you know, by the inheritors. And, you know, yeah. right off the bat, bam, Meanwhile. the inheritors are there. <laughs> and they're, they just start fucking taking names right off the bat. Mm-hmm. We see fucking the Captain Britain version of Spider-Man go down. His neck snapped. Yes. Who else did we see go down? Like, a big, bigger characters that were a huge part of Spider-Verse. Um, um, Noir, I guess. Uh, Noir goes down. Yeah. Yes, right off the bat. He's the first to go. Mm-hmm. So, um, you legitimately see, like, you know, what a threat these, you know, inheritors yes. are right off the bat. So. And uh, that was just when, just one, so they assume that they can take them, just the one guy down, but then of course, yes, all of them start they showing all start up. showing up. Yes, um, it felt very much though, um, like we didn't miss a beat. Like it felt like the Spider Verse story. Like hmm. um, I was wondering about that because it's not just slot writing it, but you know, it felt like a direct sequel to it. Like the characters felt right. You know, um, you know, personality wise, especially the inheritors. And everything, um, you know, and even like all these alternate reality Spider Men, so and women, um, so I, I, I don't know, I enjoyed it. You know, the Spider Verse storyline was a fun story arc. You know, it was one of Slot's better like giant event books that he's done. So, um, and I know it's it, it feels like such an obvious tie-in with the movie coming out and yeah. everything like that. But if it's well done, it's well done. Hmm. So, and I doubt they're going to use the inheritors in that no, storyline. I, I'd hope not. Yeah. <laughs> not yet, at least. So, I mean, that feels like a big, you know, villain to take on at this point. But who knows? Um, I don't know. What were your thoughts on this? Um, I, it definitely is a direct sequel to um, Spider Verse. Mm-hmm. I just that and that. For me, when I, that Spider Verse came out, when I was starting to like get back into reading comics more uh, frequently, mm-hmm. so I was just like, I don't know if I'm ready. Now I'm it's a lot, to, yeah, to, to <laughs> jump into. 
now I, I think I'll, I'll check it out more. I'm definitely going to be reading Superior Octopus now after reading this. Yeah, well, but we know Superior Octopus is going back. He's going to be Spider-Man again. We're going to get a Superior mm. Spider-Man book again. So I'm wondering, like, how that, but, like, is that book going to transition into Superior Spider-Man? I feel like it will, especially since they pointed it out in this that he isn't a full Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's going to be a main part of well, the story. I think, too, well, I think that what he was, what the inheritor was saying was that DNA wise, like he's not like part of the totem. Yeah. So there's that whole mystical thing. But I don't think he, you think that he's going to become the Spider Man to become part of the totem? Well, no, no. I'm saying like, well, down the road, yeah, I think he'll become a Spider Man as part of the whatever. The Because I don't think he can just become part of that totem. Is what I'm saying because mm. I think he's kind of part of the the clonage, you know, and everything. Gotcha. That's the only reason why he even has that. And before he was more of a Spider-Man because he was in Peter Parker's body mm. at that point. Where I don't know if he'll become a pure. I don't know how they'll handle that, but otherwise, I do think that because he isn't a full like part of that, um, he will be a major element of this entire storyline. I think he's going to have a lot of redeeming to do because mm. you know he's trying to do the right thing now in his villainous ways but i feel like now he's because he admit you know what did i do you know at the end of the book it's like the last line mm-hmm. is like what oh no what did i do um so i feel like this whole arc is going to be him trying to go through the, that redemption yeah. and eventually you know i feel like he's going to end up being the hero of the book and then that's how he's going to go ahead and gain back that you know spider-man mantle and want to take that on again mm-hmm. i don't know if that's going to put him at odds with peter but um you know it there's enough spider-man running around the world yeah you know, he'll it be okay matter. with it right yeah. <laughs> um, so I, I don't know i'm all for it i really enjoyed slots mm. you know superior spider-man art so i'm excited for it i mean that's one of the ones that got me really right back into reading comics was reading superior spider-man so yeah, yeah. So we'll we'll see, we'll see. This event kind of snuck up on me too. So <laughs> I won't lie; I didn't even realize yes. it was happening. But it it came out of nowhere. Yes, but I'm excited about it. So, mm. well, another event that's going on on the DC side is uh, the Witching Hour, featuring Wonder Woman. Uh, that's going across like Wonder Woman, Justice League Dark, and this random book called Wonder Woman and Justice League Dark that they <laughs> threw in there. Um, well, let me read this blurb here. Uh, the Witching Hour Part 2. The Justice League Dark barely escaped their first encounter with... Uh, I've been calling her Hikate in my head at this point. Just because of the way that they chanted her name. Just go with so that. I'm going to go with that. Uh, but they know she'll be coming back for the power inside Wonder Woman. But what if Diana could tap into that power herself to take on Hikate directly? Um, this story is getting a bit deeper with Wonder Woman and everything. Um, it starts off the bat. Don't let your children read this one because it starts off the bat with, uh, them kidnapping a unicorn, uh, (laughs) to take its blood. Okay. Um, and it's like, it's not like, uh, oh, they just captured a unicorn. No, it's like they have to like drag it (laughs) to their boat and everything. And they make it look as like, like they're messing with nature as possible. Um, so they go and they're trying to get more help with dealing with this problem with, um, Hikate and everything, trying to understand what they can do to fight her. And, um, they approach, um, he, not, I don't call her Hikate, Cersei, um, from, 
Odysseus, I think, is the storyline in Greek mythology. Okay. Um, she's another extremely powerful old uh, witch, and um, you know she comes out with all this theatrics. She's like, "How dare you come into my domain?" And Wonder Woman walks up to her and he's like, "I need your help," and shows her the uh, mark. And she immediately stops. She's like, "Oh, you've been <laughs> marked by Ikate. And um, goes into, like, she just transforms into this kind of, like, average, everyday-looking woman, pretty much, version of herself. Like, you know, at first I was going to, you know, do this whole, like, superhero versus villain thing. But knowing that you're in serious, serious shit with uh, Hikate, mm-hmm. let's, let's, let's talk. <laughs> <laughs> um, Wonder Woman, uh, so pretty much Wonder Woman and Justice League Dark, uh, you know, explain the situation. Uh, and Cersei explains kind of like what um, Hikate's been doing and why she's been putting her power within at least five women at all times. Um, we we get to see another hero um, that she's put her power into. Um, Man- Manito? Does that ring any bells for you? Uh, she's kind of like this Native American warrior um, character in DC. I don't know much okay. about her whatsoever. Does not know um, well. Apparently she's had the mark on her. Um, and um, Hikate is going to using her to attack um, Nana Parvet. Um, she's like just ripping it apart um, during the background. But uh, we find out, yeah, she's been storing her power inside these five people to hide it away from mankind so mankind doesn't steal any more of it. Okay. And now she's, of course, taking it back to eventually go up against um, the other side people that we explained in the end of the last arc. Um, Cersei explains that, like, this power can't just be, like, used by these five uh, people because it literally is too much power inside them and will burn them completely alive. Uh, Wonder Woman's like, well, when she's not using it and I have it, I am able to control it a little bit. So Wonder Woman's thinking, Cersei, can you give me the ability to control the power while Hikate is not controlling it? And, you know, the whole team is like, no, you can't do this because it will destroy you and everything. Um, and, you know, again, um... What's um, Zaytana um, is like maybe Batman was right maybe you're not ready and um, that, I mean that's a big stare down between the two of them um, we're getting monologues throughout the back about how Diana is still pretty terrified of all the things that she's going into and it's kind of like this big moment for her to um, kind of accept the power that's inside of her and Cersei gives her the ability to control it and that's kind of how we end the storyline story so far okay so how did you enjoy it? Um, I've I've liked it. You know, I'm still I'm dig this issue a lot. Um, then the explanation behind the power, what's going on. Um, this is definitely a middle issue. Like mm-hmm. not a lot happens. It's more just like explanation to what's going on. Yeah, it sounds like it. <laughs> <laughs> Why is this all happening? So uh-huh. it's kind of like um, it's all interesting though. It's it's definitely not something I've seen with Wonder Woman. Something I've seen with these characters, and it's definitely still rooted in like, oh, this is a world-ending event. So it's it's cool to see mm-hmm. so far. Um, 
I haven't had a, the writing's awesome. Um, the visuals are awesome, so I'm gonna stick with it. Oh uh, yeah, it's been a very cool book. If you haven't checked it out, definitely pick it up. It's one of the more interesting stories on the DC side. I would definitely say. Um, I I definitely didn't expect them to make a whole event out of the story. So yeah, and it seems like they're going for it. Mm-hmm. So it's definitely interesting not having the Justice League involved whatsoever. How's the uh, team dynamic? Um, it's it's definitely you could definitely tell that this was picked up by another writer. Especially since it's the Wonder Woman writer, not the Justice League Dark writer, because there's definitely a little less humor um, put out throughout it. Um, it was I felt like it was taken a little bit more serious, and they definitely played more up to the um, past elements of it, okay. going into like Cersei's past, going into Wonder Woman's past. Um, was the tone shift jarring? No, um, I definitely. I dig the intro because the intro is like, um, you know, Wonder Woman's all excited to play with her uh, mom as a child. And then it immediately goes into, um, you know, it's them talking about them seeing Diana seeing a um, a unicorn for the first time. (laughs) And then the next page is literally the unicorn getting grabbed by Swamp Thing. Okay. So it's just like they played with it a lot. Okay. But I, I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the darker tone of the story. Okay. Especially with the amount of weight that we got with the first arc from um, Justice League Dark. Do you have any clue, like, where, what direction they're going in? <sighs> I I feel like it's going to be this kind of storyline where Wonder Woman might get some new powers, might have a better understanding well, of she ma- already had, magic. Like, right? She already got, like, the new She's had it inside her, but she's never knew it was there. Okay. And never knew she could use magic. Uh, I'm assuming all the power will get used up by the end and she'll just go back to being normal Wonder Woman. Or some writer will forget about it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, right. <laughs> so, well, it sounds like But good it's stuff. cool for right now. It's fun. Yeah, it sounds like good stuff and mm. it sounds like an interesting story. It's so. perfect for Halloween season. Yeah, so. and it's a different <laughs> aspect of Wonder Woman that we really haven't like explored before. Mm-hmm. So, or even knew about, right? So, um, all right. Well, that's going to do it for comics. Yes. All right. On to the squared circle. Drama City Productions presents. Hey, it's Ben here, host of the Regular Stories Podcast, a podcast where I interview interesting people about their lives. These are not celebrities. They're not the elite. These are regular people, and these are their stories. You can follow us on Facebook at Regular Stories and on Instagram at Regular Stories. We are everywhere that you can get a podcast. We are on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, just about everywhere else look up regular stories podcast now accessing wrestling so the wwe uh has a huge mess on their hands right now we have no idea what's going on with their huge crown jewel events that they've been promoting for the last month um right now uh the saudis are in hot water right now um globally (laughs) Um, just for, you know, possible actions that they take. Well, it sounds like more than possible, but, you yeah, know. Yeah, they just had audio come out I, of, like, pretty hard yes, truth. Yes, <laughs> the, the uh, Turkey has had some pretty hardcore evidence against them that, um, you know, that they've been up to no good, not without going into details. Mm. Um, you know, just, you know, pay attention to the news. So... 
WWE has kind of put themselves in a corner because, you know, they have a 10-year contract with this country, um, you know, and when you go into a deal with a country that's, you know, is morally, you know, ambiguous, if you will, um, you know, you're kind of setting yourself up for something like this. And it was always, it was already controversial, you know, mm-hmm. them, you know, being in bed with the Saudis. Um, and once again, this is not about the people there. It's about the government, um, you know, but money talks. So, I mean, people were kind of sickened. And I know I was, you know, by how much of an infomercial um, their last event yes. was, the, the greatest Royal Rumble. Um, so this is even, you know, more disgusting. So it's disappointing to me that you know WWE has not just canceled the show outright um this week on raw and smackdown they did not mention saudi arabia at all but they're still plugging away with the crown jewel Mm -hmm. concept um i think their last statement was basically that we're keeping an eye on the situation (laughs) which is like okay what else do you need here um, if it wasn't for, you know, the money that it's for, and it's a ridiculous amount of money, um, I think they would have pulled out oh, yeah. a long time ago. Mm. So, uh, and I maybe they're just scrambling right now behind the scenes, trying to figure out, you know, can we move this event, you know, legally, like, you know, since they're in, like, a contract with them, like, exactly do they have... A, pull-out clause can they you know Mm. you know cancel this event what does that mean what does that look i mean it can't be an easy time for them they're they're getting pressure from all directions not even from the outside but from the inside with their own superstars their own people in the company yes and i mean it's like there's articles being written by Mm. it you know not just by wrestling journalists and i did quotation marks (laughs) but uh you know like you know the washington post Mm. you have politicians talking about it so there's a lot of pressure on the WWE to do the right thing. I hope that they do the right thing, um, you know, and move the event at least. Um, you know, I mean, you can still do it international. People talked about, you know, Great Britain. People talked about, you know, them, you know, even doing it here. I don't know. Um, it just, it, they're in a rough spot, but I, I feel like we need more of a response from mm-hmm. them, you know. Just cancel the event. You know, I cannot even imagine them putting on the kind of show they did for the Greatest Royal Rumble at this moment. With the climate right now, mm-hmm. politically the way it is, and all the heat on, you know, Saudi Saudi Arabia, I can't imagine, you know, them putting on that kind of event where it's another fucking infomercial. Um, it's hard to say. I mean, they've even had... but. You know, they've had, like, superstars like Randy Orton recently was interviewed. I, I don't know if it was by TMZ or something mm-hmm. while he was just out on the street. And he was asked, you know, what do you think uh, WWE should do? And he stood there and believed, you know, it will help if we do go. Mm-hmm. So that's, that. I mean, there could be stances like that within the company that we don't, that we're unaware of. It's ridiculous. That they think that. You know that their presence could continue to help grow. You don't change because it's basically but... the equivalent of like a war crime. What they, you mm-hmm. know, what happened. I mean, we're not war, but I mean, it's it's an international, you know, crime basically being committed, um, for lack of a better term. So I don't know how they could stay in bed with them. 
you know, especially since their deal, it's not like it's with some like offshoot promoter there. Mm-hmm. Their deals with the government, the Saudi government. Um, it's it's not helping anyone. They're not building bridges, you know, by going. So that's bullshit. You know, that's a billionaire trying to keep mm-hmm. his, you know, paycheck. Um, so it would just be really disappointing if they go. And I know, like me personally, like I wouldn't want to cover the event if they did go. You know. Um, you know, and actually went ahead with the event. So um, I hope that they don't, you know, it's just gross, you know, and I was saying that before about it, it you know, it just the fact that they can't even bring the women with them is ridiculous to me. Um, I don't know. I don't know, especially at this time of the women's revolution, mm. you know, you, seriously. So, and I didn't realize this event. I felt like they kind of snuck this one in. You know, they're all talking about the, you know, evolution and pay-per-view and everything like that. And they're like, oh, by the way, the Crown Jewel's coming up, you know. And that was after, I believe, SummerSlam when they really yeah. started plugging it. Where it's like, wait, what's coming up? Oh, um, they definitely waited. They wanted to But they definitely in. timed it out, too, to have mm-hmm. this big women's event right before they went overseas mm-hmm. for the Saudi Arabia event. So, um, And I'm still waiting for the women's event to pick up more steam. Yeah, it started to this week, um, you know, and I guess we can move on to Raw. Not much happened. We had more in the whole fucking Dogs of War and S.H.I.E.L.D. drama. Um, I don't know. I'm getting kind of tired of the storyline now. They're really dragging this mm. out. Um, you know, is Dean going to turn? Are the Dogs of War still together? Like, you know, what team's going to break up first, basically, it feels like. I'm um, surprised they're not playing up Brock more. At this point, they did have what two weeks ago they had Heyman come out, but mm. I had Brock's trained for the UFC, so it's probably written in his you know contract. He'll probably show up right before the week before the events, maybe. But I wouldn't be surprised if he didn't either, you know. Mm. So, um, but they're not really. It feels like their focus is really on between you know like Roman and uh, Strowman, but right now like. I feel like that's everyone like individual like storylines are just getting lost with this whole faction storyline. And I love factions, but this is like factions done wrong. Mm. You know, it's just too much drama in both groups. Um, you know, we saw at the end of the show, the dogs of war basically turn on each other. I, so I don't even know if they're a thing anymore. Um, but it definitely feels like, you know, they're still planting those seeds for the shield to break up also. So it just feels like their way of really trying to hide Roman and trying to protect him at this mm-hmm. point, you know, with the crowd. But it's just not working. It's just not working. Um, and it, I really feel like now if one of them do turn, like if one of the shield do, does turn, I'm assuming it's going to be Dean if that happens. You know, I think we discussed before, it'd be awesome if it was Seth, though. Yes. <laughs> um, I feel like it's just going to be flat. And it's not going to have the same impact because mm-hmm. everyone's going to see it coming. So, I don't know. It'd be great if it was Roman, too. (laughs) It would be great, but I just don't see it happen. Uh You know, he feels like such a bystander to everything that's going on. Oh, yeah. You know? He's just there. He's just there with the, you know, universal title. But at least he's there. (laughs) At least the title holder's actually on Mm. the show. I will say that. But, yeah. Yeah. Um, We had the World Cup thing going on, you know. and, And I think we were talking about while watching SmackDown how ridiculous of a concept this is because everyone in this World Cup uh, tournament is from the United States. 
you know, except maybe Balor. Is Balor in it? I, I no, I don't think Balor's no, in it, in right? Ray's in it, but I'm not even sure if Ray's actually... I thought Ray was born in San Diego, but maybe not. Maybe he originally was born in Mexico. So I was like, is Ray actually an American citizen? <laughs> so is Ray the only one who's from a different country, you know? So it just seems a little know, a little man. strange. Um, you know, you think you try to get more of an international flavor going on for your world. Especially Cup. these are all superstars that are, we are always constantly complaining aren't being pushed or aren't being aren't doing anything. Mm-hmm. So now I'm just wondering, is Finn Balor gonna have anything on this pay per view event? Probably not. Mm-hmm. Is Nakamura gonna be having anything? I on think Balor event? will get a match um with Lashley. Because it seems like they're teasing that feud. So but that being said, since this is Lashley, you know, first run as a heel, Balor's losing that feud. You know, that mm-hmm. program is going to be all Lashley, which is unfortunate. So I feel that Balor's going to get fed to Lashley. Um, and yes, uh, Ray Mysterio was born in California. Yes, so he's a United States citizen. <laughs> so there's not much of a world flavor going on here. Um, so I don't know. Pointless. Another pointless, you know, event happening, you know, just, you know, I mean, they're getting a lot of money from the Saudis, a lot of money to put on these shows, but it's really affecting the Mm storylines, I feel like. Man, does this ruin anything for HBK right now? Oh, you're talking about, yeah, think about his, his, yeah, what a bad taste, and he's got to be just kicking himself Mm -hmm. right now. I know he's getting a hell of a payday for coming back. But is this really what you want your big comeback to be associated with? Uh, you know, I, I don't know, man. That's got to be rough. Yeah. That's got to be I mean, be he's been staying off. He's been probably one of the best ones so far out of everyone who's retired to just stay off the product. Yes, yes, yes. And yeah, he makes his casual, you know, occasional, like, mm-hmm. you know, cameos here and there. But, yeah, no, he's stayed true to his word and everything. Um, I'm guessing to get him back in the fold, you know, something else has been promised to him too, storyline wise. Because mm-hmm. as a wrestler, he's a true artist, and he's all about like, you know, there has to be a reason for me to be doing this. You know, it can't just be a match for a match sake. You know, DX versus Brothers of Destruction feels very much like a match for a match sake. Um, you know, just a payday. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm guessing there's probably a more of a storyline. You know, um, coming. And we kind of talked about the Undertaker versus Michaels, you know, match possibly happening. Um, you know, hopefully being a retirement match for yes. the Undertaker. <laughs> so, you know, I, I have a feeling that's on the table. So, but yeah, what an awful way to come back, you know, with all this controversy and everything. So, um, hell of a promo by Ronda Rousey on Raw. <laughs> yes. Hell of a promo. Damn. So, I mean, for her to, like, this is her first year you know, as a wrestler. To pull off that promo yes. is exceptional. But my God, I mean, just straight fire. Like, I actually started feeling bad for Nikki <laughs> at points. I mean, I know she had to okay everything. I know mm-hmm. this is just to, you know, build up heat, you know, quickly for their, you know, match at Evolution. But damn, man, they really just attacked her, you know, to her core. So, I mean, all that shit was just on the day. They, they mm-hmm. They're, oh God, what did she say? That they're basically, you know, I mean, she attacked 
just the whole concept of diva, which I, I've noticed like a lot of like you know the you know wrestlers who are part of the whole you know revolution everything like that they they still stay very civil towards you know that whole diva diva era um that WWE went through but like Rhonda was like she basically meant she was just saying the right thing to say the right thing that she doesn't really respect that era of the WWE mm-hmm. which was kind of like oh damn um you know and just she called them do nothing bellas and she was cold she yes. was cold basically that they're living off their men and you know to even their you know move sets and everything which is true um, to a certain extent I will say Brie can wrestle I will say that even though we haven't seen that lately I feel like she's the more I make a few points against them I, I, I feel like that has more to do with ring rust true. Um, than anything so uh, but yeah, no, Nikki, damn, it was just So cold. that's a Liv Morgan's head. Yes, oh god. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so I, that was that was probably a highlight of the show, but otherwise there wasn't much. Mm-hmm. There wasn't much on Raw. And then we got SmackDown 1000. Yes, big special show, SmackDown 1000. Yes, it felt like they booked it maybe an hour before the event. <laughs> yes. Um, it was not even up to par with what they did with like Raw 25 mm-hmm. which was a huge disappointment uh, but there wasn't I felt like there wasn't as much hype going into this um, and it really painted Smackdown as the B show um, if not the C show because they didn't even give them like highlight reels like video highlight reels no it was photos it was a li- it was like a slight show I was like I could have done this on the computer mm-hmm. and I could have made this more interesting um you know, they had Evolution come out, and that was, like, one of the big, you know, draws for the show, I guess. But it was awkward and strange. Um, it seemed like they were trying to, like, lay seeds for a Triple H Batista match down the line. Um, but the segment itself was just weird. You know, you have feels- Randy, like, you know, and totally, like, he's a complete monster heel right now. But he's trying to play nice with, you know, Evolution. Triple H is, you know, part of DX, so I'm guessing he's yeah. supposed to be kind of a face now. It feels weird timing, especially right? with the amount that they would Flair, push Flair, I love Flair, but he had no idea what the hell was going on. <laughs> you know, I feel like they just threw him out there. Mm. Um, and then Batista, he definitely felt nervous. And he even said it on the mic, but it felt like he was going without a script, and or maybe he forgot what he was supposed to say. Um, but... It felt like he got lost a little. Um, he started he started referencing Flair and making some motions. And I'll let people watch to see what those motions were, which was pretty... It was definitely unscripted. And it got everyone to laugh in the ring, which was pretty funny. But that was, like, the best moment of the whole, like, segment. So um, it was just kind of a letdown. I didn't expect, like, a big like to be like I didn't expect them to wrestle or anything like that but I was like why are you out here <laughs> like it's not like Evolution was like a real like a big like Smackdown like faction either you know I feel like they're mostly on Raw mm-hmm. so I didn't understand the point of them like reuniting 
it just it just seemed weak like they had nothing they were just in the same town that batista was in yes i'm sure it was just a way to bring him back in the fold and he has been very open and vocal about like how unhappy he was with you know his last run how he was in talks with him right before last wrestlemania to do an angle and he had some ideas and he never heard back from them so he was very vocal about like how unhappy he was with the company so I don't know if this was like an olive branch um, and maybe they actually kind of, you know, have now something on the table and they're working towards, you know, pop, probably a match at WrestleMania, I'm guessing, between Triple H and Batista. Yes. I'm guessing that's where it's going to lead to, which, uh, yay. <laughs> <laughs> I guess. I like Batista, but I don't know. I don't know. I just, I can do without seeing Triple H wrestle again. I like Batista when he was in the company, but mm-hmm. not at this point. I also I like know. Batista as a heel. Like, I don't want to see mm-hmm. him as a face. And if he goes against Triple H, I feel like he's going to Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, he basically what happens is, like, they're talking about, he's running down all of Triple H's accolades. And, you know, at the end, he goes, but he's never beaten me. And then there's just this, like, stare down between the mm-hmm. two. It was well done that moment, but... I was like, uh, do I want to see this? No, no. I don't. <laughs> but otherwise, we had the return of Rey Mysterio. Um, he beat Shinsuke very quickly, it felt like. Um, we had the tag belts change hands. Uh, the bar has joined forces with Big Show. Um, just out of nowhere. It makes no sense. Um, it seems like That's they just... God won. hates me. Yeah. <laughs> That's why. I, I, I've been wanting Big Show just to leave for a long time. And mm. the fact that he keeps showing up and keeps getting more turns. Uh-huh. Just, yeah. I, it he really hasn't head. been like on camera in a long time. For a long time. But yeah, that was that was so exciting for me to see him <laughs> show up. Big Show, yeah. Yes, yes. Um, yeah. I don't know. I think they're probably trying to give him a last run here. I'm hoping <laughs> that it's a last run. Um, I don't know what the explanation can be, though, for him to, you know, side with the bar here. So he doesn't need an explanation because in two weeks from now he's just going to be smiling or crying anyway. Yeah, it'll probably it'll probably be him like making his retirement speech. I'm guessing. I wouldn't doubt if he's retiring by you know WrestleMania season. So um, I hope. I hope so. I hope so. <laughs> I hope that match, that rumored match between him and uh, Shaq. Isn't like still on the, oh, on Lord. the table. God, if that's the only reason why they're booking him right now to lead into that, that would be really disappointing. Say so, when they're all over again. Oh, good. Um, but anyway, so yeah, not tons. You know, this was definitely you know an off week for the WWE, yes. except for all the controversy going on. So, but hopefully they do the right thing. Um. I don't know. Outside of the WWE, we had some, like, you know, uh, New Japan news, I guess you could call it. The Young Bucks and Cody are saying that they're not going to be using the Bullet Club name anymore. They're releasing their final shirts and they're done. Um, So, I mean, storyline-wise, I guess it makes sense for them to just Mm. be the elite now and, you know, leave the Bullet Club to, you know, Tama and friends. But I don't buy it. You know, I think it's just their way of stirring up more speculation about where they're going in January. Um, so it, 
I don't know. I, 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 I guess I get it, but I'm interested to see if their cells are still as crazy as they are without the Bullet Club oh, logo. Yeah. You know, because that is, I mean, that is a, I, I believe, at least initially, was a, a big part of, you know, you know, the attraction mm-hmm. to the Young Bucks and what got them over. But now is the Elite more over than that logo? I'm, that's what I'm wondering. Like, I'm, I'm looking them, they're even the channel up right now to see just like, like how viral have they gotten with the wrestling community, mm-hmm. you know? You're talking about the, the Young Bucks? Yeah. How viral they've gotten? Right, at this point, do you feel like they could just go without the Bullet Club attached to them whatsoever? I think so. I, I do think so, just because, I mean, look at what Being Elite is doing mm-hmm. for them. Huge numbers, so, and it's really allowed them to book their own shit. I mean, they're more over than ever. Um, but how much of that is because of the attraction to that whole, like, you know, that faction idea of the Bullet mm-hmm. Club? So, you know. I mean, if I feel like it could be an easy change for them. Mm-hmm. If they just market it hard like they have been with the Bullet Club. Easily, if they just—I mean—they've already got the chance. They've got the right um, things behind them. They could easily. Well, the thing is, too, like they don't own the rights to the Bullet Club. Mm -hmm. New Japan does, so they're not seeing a dime. Do they own the rights to um, being the elite? Yeah, yeah, and they like okay, that's theirs. So they own the rights to that. They do not own the rights to the Bullet Club. Mm -hmm. So they don't see a dime of like you know merchandise that just has the bullet club logo on now the bullet club parody shirts on the other hand i do believe they own at least some of those rights so they do get money off those parody shirts i think that's why you see like once someone joins the bullet club they get a parody shirt like right away Um, i don't know how much though you know i don't know how that works so I don't know if that's something that they produce themselves, if that's something New Japan, you know, produces. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure, you know. So, um, but it's it'll be curious to see where what happens and everything like that. But it, they're definitely staying. They're not going anywhere. Oh, I I can't imagine them ever joining the WWE. Yeah, not, not at this point, you know, unless it's a dream down the line and they've kind of cooled off and everything and they want to go just because they want to go and experience I'd rather them it. keep it be a dream. Yeah. <laughs> so I'd rather have them never achieve their dreams for my own uh, satisfaction. <laughs> I, just, I'm, I mean, we're just getting off this conversation with WWE, just not using talent. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, yeah. I don't want to see it happen because I enjoy having that alternative. Not that I won't watch New Japan mm. without, you know. There's plenty of great talent still left. But, I mean, they're, they're, they're the reason why, you know, I started watching the New Japan, you know, mm. you know show. So, it's going to really, you know, I think it's going to hurt the product losing the Elite. I think there's no way around that, mm. at least, you know, internationally. Um you know, I'll still watch it, but I think you're going to lose a lot of casual fans. You know, so I really, for New Japan's sake, for Ring of Honor's sake, I hope that they stay. I really do. So, and I, I really don't foresee them going to WWE. No, I mean, especially when you see Unless like, they're really, they're offering that Saudi money. <laughs> Maybe that's why they decide to, you know, stick it out. I don't know. Or, you know, jump ship. I, I have no idea. So they gave him the whole Fox deal check. 
Yeah, you know, but (laughs) after the success of All In and everything, I don't see them leaving. I feel like you're going to get an announcement of All In 2, you know, to correspond with the announcement of them staying. You know, I feel like you're going to get that all in one big announcement. Especially if you're following along with, like, what Cody has been, like, preaching against WWE lately, it just seems like... Yeah, he's he's preaching pretty heavy, too, you know, on Twitter and everything, so... um, Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Well, if anything, I could see them starting their own promotion in like five years <laughs> at this point. Well, I'm sure that there's talks. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't, I wouldn't like with, you know, the big TV deal that WWE's just got in and, you know, so many networks, you know, being hungry for content and seeing how hot wrestling is. Mm-hmm. I mean, I could see them being in talks with, you know, different channels trying to you know get a deal for a show um you know with them maybe like booking it in like their own like federation if you will so i wouldn't be surprised by that i mean cody seems like a pretty shrewd businessman at this Mm. point and with the experience of all in why not so i mean there's a lot that goes a lot more that goes into like actually running a day in day out like operation like that but I feel like Cody's game, you know, he's definitely his father's son. So, um, you know, that could be interesting. You know, I don't know if they would want to burn any bridges like with like Ring of Honor or anything like that, though, or like New Japan, you know. So maybe it'd be something where like they do their own show, but then they still, you know, have this relationship with the two companies, you know. It's a new age for wrestling, mm. you know, and it, it's obviously working right now between New Japan and Ring of Honor. Um, why not? Why not? So. I would keep a, like a complete alliance throughout. If they're smart, they would. Mm-hmm. If they're smart, they would. That way you get to continue to use both their talents as well. Yes, I think it would favor both parties too, all parties, mm. you know, so. All right, well, is that going to do it for this week? That's going to do it for this week, Because I'm fucking tired. (laughs) (laughs) We started late, but it is now officially 1.30 in the morning. So it sounds like we're falling asleep. It's because we are falling asleep. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, before we go, um, let's do some shout-outs. All right, so these are some podcasts that we think you should be listening to. So uh, go ahead and check them all out. Uh, First up is Cheers Big Ears Podcast. A podcast with adult beverages and not-so-adult conversations. We talk about geek culture, beers, and video games. Everything and nothing. Um, And go ahead and check them out on all popular podcast forums. So uh, next up, we have Piping Hot Tea Podcast with Vince and Emily. A comedy podcast where we discuss anything and everything. Give us a listen on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Google Play. Uh, Next, we have the Can't Air Podcast. Get a fill of indie comics, nostalgic pop culture, and comic writers slash artists, even some voice and screen actors on our weekly podcast. Um, And you can also check them out on every other podcast forum. (laughs) Uh, I feel like we're all on the same forums at this point. So, uh, Fans on Patrol, last but not least, a podcast for the fans we love film, comics, and games. If it's nerdy, we are on patrol. And they're on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Satchel? Oh, that's one that I've never heard of. 
Are we on Satchel? I, I don't know, Damon. <laughs> I guess we're going to have to be Stitcher on Satchel. and tune in. Oh, we'll be on tomorrow. So uh, go ahead and give them a listen. Yes, uh, and make sure that you're giving the Drama City Productions a big listen. Because that's the network we are a part of. That's right. We are Team Drama City. Exactly. Filled with podcasts for you to check out. Yes, yeah, so head over to the site and check out all those awesome podcasts. Yes. Us. And I think you heard a ton of podcasts, uh, like names there, different pl- platforms, I mean, to listen on. Yeah. So we're on all of those, except for Satchel, I guess. <laughs> uh, we're on Popping Stitchers, Speakers, iTunes, um, Player FM, uh, Google Play. And many See, more. I thought you were setting yourself up where you wouldn't have to go through. I the was, podcast. but then I decided to do it anyway. <laughs> it's uh, tradition. <laughs> it's tradition for me. Watch to Christian. Listen to Christian struggle <laughs> through all the podcasts we're on. Exactly. Uh, but you can watch me struggle at things too. I'm on Twitch. That's right. Exactly. Uh, I struggle playing video games every single week for you. <laughs> um, We've been doing horror games lately, uh, doing a little bit of Until Dawn, doing a little bit of Last of Us. I need to get back to Last of Us this weekend, uh, so definitely check that out. Otherwise, I've been playing um, some cool little games, like I did a bargain bin type game this week uh, for Need for Speed. It was $11. It's on sale if you're on Sony right now, PlayStation. Um, you get your most like views, right? Yes, out of nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> Funny. Um... And then next week, it's going to be a big week because we have um, Fallout 4 coming out. Not Fallout 4, Fallout 76. Fallout 4 was the last game. Uh-huh. 76 um, beta is coming out. We have the DLC that we talked about earlier on um, with Spider-Man. And then we have um, Red Dead Redemption 2. has a trailer coming out tomorrow, and we have the game finally released next week. That's going to be big. Alright, I'll take your word for it, I'm going to be playing it all weekend. I told my girlfriend, you're not going to see me anymore. This is <laughs> this is it. You well, know? Especially because <laughs> you've got Daredevil and you've got Halloween, exactly. too. So, yeah, she really is going to see you. Might as well break up. <laughs> um, so, beyond that, listening to Them Guilty Aces right now, our house band. They've That's been our right. house band since the beginning. We love them. That's right, we do. And they're on iTunes, and they're also on YouTube. Uh, check out their videos, download their music. Yes, and then you can check out Greg Rebner, our house DJ. You hear him at the beginning of every single episode lately. Uh, badass dubstep song you can have as ringtone by downloading it off of SoundCloud. So definitely check him out. And I think that's about to do it this week. That's right. The description. And this is Damon. And that's the amazing Nerd Show. Bye, nerds. This has been a Drama City production. Knock down doors. Yeah, that's exactly what I said. Knock down doors. My entire career, I've been knocking down doors. I've knocked down doors in judo. I knocked down doors in strike force. I knocked down doors in the UFC. And now I'm knocking down doors here at home in the WWE. The only door you ever knocked down was the door to John Cena's bedroom. And he eventually threw you out of that exact same door. Oh, Nikki and Bree have a pair.